The following preview is rated Q for questing audiences only. In a world where danger lurks around every corner, it's not safe here. We must keep watch. And common folk become heroes. We need to prepare for battle and try to delay the enemy. Adventure and peril are everywhere. If we explore the secret ways, maybe double back, we might have a chance. Using the cryptic clues left behind as a guide. We need to gather some information. Scout ahead. We have to be prepared for the storm that is coming. Evil has awakened and the forces of good must unite against it or die. Send for aid! We must rally the West! Nine out of ten podcasters agree. This will be the most epic journey you will see this year. Rick Daring stars in Dower Handed. You have to carry the pod. I don't know how to. Yes, you do. Is the pod real? The pod? Yes, it is. Where is it? I don't know where it is. Yes, you do. It's inside you. It was always there. I can see the podcaster in you. Welcome back to Road to Rings. <laughs> I'm Bard Lee, joined by Shellen. Shell, do you know, I'm guessing you probably... Uh, I'm very confused by this intro. Is this correct? Oh, I'm yeah, hopelessly confused. Is this another okay. another song I've never heard of? No, this is actually one of the. Unfortunately, he's no longer the uh, ineligible for the greatest American uh, living American authors. He's recently passed away. That was uh, Cormac McCarthy. That was from The Road. Oh. oh, I've read The Road. I don't remember uh, exactly that bit, but yeah, I, I have read that book. Okay. Uh, that it was a road joke because <laughs> it's road to rings. <laughs> mm, I gotcha. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, if people don't remember what this podcast is, and are very confused as to why are we talking about Cormac McCarthy to start the episode, uh, uh, welcome to business as usual, right? <laughs> um, last year, in preparation for Con of the Rings, uh, you and I did was it two or three episodes or four? We did two episodes before the con and then a wrap-up episode after. So three ah. total, but only two pre-con. Okay, that is correct. I do, I do remember now. Um, epi- these episodes are dedicated to discussion uh, about Con of the Rings, the upcoming Lord of the Rings LCG convention that takes place in Roseville, Minnesota, at the Zenther. Um, and our first two ones, we basically... Uh, we kind of gave some advice for people going to the con or like some things to think about and mull, some strategy ideas. And then, the, um, as you said, the wrap up one uh, was, was unplanned, but we kind of just did a debrief of kind of all the stuff that um, we did, some of the games we played together, some notable moments, whether or not we reflected upon some of our strategy ideas, whether or not they worked or didn't work or we got to execute them. Uh, and then we also, I forgot, uh, in a pre con episode we discussed the decks we were going to bring so we're going to kind of do a similar thing here on this one uh one of the big differences is if you want to know about like what we have for stuff that we own or like the type of 
philosophies and, and, and stuff that we have when we build and play decks. Go back and listen to Road to Rings 2022 episode one. Um, things have not changed. Why? Because the game is still the same <laughs> as it yeah. was. They have not released new content, really. So, and, and Aleph hasn't, I don't think, released anything since then either. So it's like, right. um, there's nothing new for us to talk about for that stuff. Uh, I guess the, the major difference between that one and this is the amount of content in the revised uh, core uh, or content. Would you say that's like mm-hmm. the major big difference, right? Yeah, they got like twice as much stuff almost for the revised content only players. So yeah, exciting for them. Mm-hmm. So, so we're going to kind of uh, discuss a little bit of uh, revised content stuff for some similar categories we talked about last time and try to help people out because you'll have some more options and how will, like what you want to build interact with what you know players what other players might bring. So uh, let's jump off here with the first question. Um, so how much stuff are we bringing? Uh, so typically, kind of the rings requests if you have the space and you're able to. It's a lot of specifically locals or people who drive to bring your quests, but also you have to bring. You don't have to, I suppose. Aaron did not bring any player decks last year. You could play other people's, but yeah. um, let's see, Shellen. Uh, what are we gonna bring? Why don't you go first here, since I've talked for a while. Sure. So for my player decks this year, it looks like. Um, I'll have six or seven decks uh, built up for the con. A couple of them, as we'll discuss later, I'm not actually physically packing and bringing with me, but will instead get once I arrive in Minnesota. But So I'll have some about the same number of decks that I've brought every year to, to have some options open. Uh, and then I will bring my encounters. One big thing that I did this year, since I've already packed up, is I actually did not pack any standard encounters for uh, Guerodelf. I actually built all of my Nightmare decks um, in there so that I'm only bringing Nightmare Dwerodelf. I figure there's plenty enough people that are bringing the just standard Kazadoom Dwerodelf stuff that I've brought Nightmare both years in the past, but you know it's kind of a pain in the butt to fish out the cards and, and those sorts yeah. of things. So this year, mm-hmm. I'm just coming, showing up with them already built for Nightmare mode. Um, there'll have to be a little bit of finagling just due to how the shared encounter sets work in nightmare but uh that's what i'm doing and then i'll bring my ale up set i think that the i didn't have enough room in my uh my box for everything so i did not bring the long dark <laughs> again <laughs> again uh sticking with my theme of like there's just always a quest that i just know i'm not gonna play so i'm not gonna pack it so i did not bring the long dark from Dwerdelf, and i actually did not pack the Oath or the Caves of Nibbin Doom either, which are the two like oh print-on-demand oh, yeah, yeah, sorts yeah. of things. Just because, I don't know, like, they're fun quests, but I think they're kind of trash for a con setting. Like, it's basically like Passage Through Mirkwood and Journey Along the Anduin difficulty, which is just so trivial at four-player that, like, I'm not going to play those either. So I didn't bring them. So I, I packed most of the stuff that we'll need for the con, but left out a couple quests. <laughs> Yeah, we're hating on the long dark again. If at this point, hopefully, well, I guess you have to be a patron to know uh, to have listened to our ranking of quests by mechanics, but not including theme, story, nor integration of theme or story into mechanics. Whatever the hell that was named, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to know that we hate that quest, and I'm not surprised you're not bringing it. Um, yeah, the only reason I would have suggested bringing uh, the 
I was I th- uh, they're called Dark of Morkwood now, right? I always call them the, yes. the two player starter quests. <laughs> um, only reason I would suggest bringing those is uh, there are this is foreshadowing, um, listeners. There may be a reason we need a slightly easier quest. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true, but to be fair, uh, one of the people we've often play with where we might need a particular quest is Bob Salted Pork. And he drives and in the past has tended to oh. bring his entire collection. Yes. So that is if if worse comes to worse, um, <laughs> we can call upon him for aid. That is true. Yeah, we can we can get those quests from him if we need them. Uh, uh as far as stuff that I'm gonna bring, three decks for me. It's gonna mm-hmm. be one that I'm as as Shellen has also teased. Uh not, we are not gonna be bringing all of our decks are going to have at the con with us. Uh, we'll get yep. to that later. Uh, I will have two brought to me, and I will pack one. Um, probably a little bit of a sideboard. I always try to just... Usually, the sideboard is like one or two heroes, uh, and then specifically, always Power of War thing. That, that always comes with <laughs> yeah. <you>. <laughs> Um So that'll probably be making its way and then maybe a couple or one other one. I'm not sure. Uh, quests. So in the past, I've always driven. So I've always been like, yeah, I'll bring it on driving. What, no big deal with that. Uh, the quests do not take up <laughs> a ton of space in a car, right? Uh, that I drive right. solo by myself. Great for the environment. But anyway, um, this year, I'm flying. I moved uh, three hours west of where I was last year. And that was a pretty long drive uh, already. And so, yeah, I don't think I want to drive that this time. Um, so I'm probably not going to bring quests just for space. I think I'm going to just want to save that in my suitcase for... That's fair. Other things. Yeah, and, with and my, flying, it's tough. Yeah, and it, the, so it, we have used my quests in the past. Like last year, Chris used mine a bunch of times. Um, more than me. I don't think I ever busted mine. I think Chris used them more often than I did. Uh, so for me, it's like, I have used them every single year, uh, probably half a dozen times each year. So it has, it has been worth to bring it, but it's, uh, just not, it's, it's tough to say. Cause it's like this year, like I said, I want, I, normally I would want to bring them because I think it's nice to bring them. And also like with the way this is, it's like, okay, no new players are going to have Kaza Doom. And then, um, ALEP, you know, not everybody had that printed out. And then I've also got, um, ones, I, John printed mine, so they've got, like, the regular backs. So, mm-hmm. like, if you want to put in, like, Eagles of the North or whatever, it looks the same. The backs look the same. So it's, it's like, I kind of want to do it just because, like, ugh, I've got the set that's going to be easier, nicer to play with, potentially. But, uh. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to. Um, yeah, it's a lot of room. Like, yeah, my cards take up the significant portion of the the carry on luggage there for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, I could bring them. Yeah, yeah, carry on. That's a good point. Um, well, I know I'm bringing some stuff back, so it's like I don't want to take too much with because then back that's going to be a pain in the ass. That's the other reason too, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's going to be me. Smaller stuff. Um. We'll get to why I'm not bringing as uh, many decks as um, Shellen later. So, 
I think that's like our first light topic here. So I think maybe we will just jump into some more meaty topics. Cool. And some... So this is... If you've been to a con before, you're going to be familiar with a lot of these things that we're about to talk about. If you've not been to a con before, maybe these will be helpful. Or it's... An, even if for older players, this might be like a way... Because we have to consider revised core... Or revised content players. It's like, oh, they just have less stuff than us. So like... Right. We're going to see more common things from them in terms of decks because it's like, oh, they can't expand to all these different styles as much as we can. So it is a thing to think about here. So this is some of our common pitfalls here that people can run into. And our first one is uniqueness conflict. And Shellen, how would you solve some uniqueness conflict here? So I think the biggest thing um and you touched on it with your sideboard of bringing some extra heroes uh the the best ways i think to avoid uniqueness conflicts are to have a small sideboard uh with heroes that you can swap out if need be if if you come up upon it yep you know like um i think a famous one that chad talks about a lot with his is he's got like eight tactics aon in the deck and if somebody else has aon he can pull her out and put mablung in instead Mm -hmm. because like it doesn't really matter that he's losing the four willpower for AON because her four willpower is still on the table with somebody else. So he can swap in somebody that like gives him some extra resource generation. Um, and, and that's a big and easy way to do it at the con, unless a hero is like an absolute key critical combo piece because of something that they provide. If somebody else has them on the table, it's probably just as good as you having them on the table. So having a, some swap outs is nice. Um, and then just having a couple different decks to swap between if that isn't the case like if somebody's running a hero gandalf deck and i wanted a hero gandalf deck like i can't just swap gandalf out um because <laughs> then none of the other <laughs> stuff in the deck works right but that that's where having a couple different decks and you know i mean it's a pretty friendly community like yeah maybe this time i don't get to use my gandalf deck but i'll get to use it like the next game that i play you know what i mean so so those are probably the two easiest ways uh and then I think if all else fails, like we saw it with our burglars turn game last year, sometimes who cares? <laughs> you know, if there's a uniqueness conflict, if we've have Tim Rahill and Jim Rahill on the table, like Dude, those not... are different characters. I don't yeah, know exactly. uniqueness. What are you talking about? Those are different distinct characters. <laughs> right. Like by and large, you're not breaking the game. Uh. You know, I mean, I guess if you really wanted to try to have like four Arwens on the table generating your resources, then maybe you are. But like, otherwise, like if worse comes to worse, nobody cares. <laughs> just, just play it <laughs> out. Um, so don't be overly worried about uniqueness conflicts with your decks. If you are, especially if you've got a smaller collection, like people will swap out to help you out or just brush it off and just play and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, um, as you mentioned, there's, there's a couple of different, strategies one is just to have like 15 decks so then it's like well mm-hmm. i gotta have a deck to play right i brought yep. so many that's like you're bringing like let's have a decks so you're like yeah uh yeah i gotta some. have something to play yeah right um i also th- as you mentioned the just i think it, i think it's pretty common if it's like okay we have the same character with the same name but they have completely different effects yeah so um because then it's like yeah as you mentioned like timberhill jimberhill as we're joking like Tactics, Immerhill Hero, and Spirit Ally, Immerhill, 
have basically nothing in common. <laughs> so it's like, is it really that bad to have them both in play at the same time? No. It's, it's like, if we all had Tactics Aowen in play, uh, yeah, uh, maybe that's a little, like, Yeah, cheap, that feels right? like cheating. Yeah, especially <laughs> yeah. if we're all going to be killing a <laughs> troll with her. You know what I mean? But, like, yeah. for you, Tactics Emerhill's basically, or, or Spirit Emerhill's, it's like a He's a key piece to Kaldara, but other than that little thing, he's just a two willpower quester for the rest of the game. You know what I mean? It's not like, yeah, yeah, you're not doing anything crazy. Um, yeah. Exactly. Right. We're not all playing Elrond Vilia where it's like, oh, none of us are paying for cards at the table. Right. So it's like, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, that's that's the that's kind of why a lot of times we suggest the, the uniqueness thing. That's one way that you can kind of be like, well, it's the same name. They don't really do the same thing. It's not that big a deal. Um, if I were a player who had the revised content only, and I just had less stuff, I might say something like, "I just don't have a lot of options." When you're, yeah. if you're sitting at like a four-player table, be like, "I've only got a couple decks to play with," and, and people will understand, right? Because it's like, I mean, just some people just don't have as much stuff, right? It's just the way it is, right? Whether Absolutely. it be yeah, when you like came you to brought the game, three decks. Yeah. You're not a revised content only player, but you bought three decks. You know what I mean? Like, at some point, right. other people have to kind of <laughs> help you out, right? Yes. So, um, yeah, for sure. Uh, and the other thing, um, yeah, if I were, how was I going to phrase this here? Um, yeah, if I were a more experienced player. I would defer, I guess is the way I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I had more stuff, I would probably be like, why don't you choose first, right? If I if a player told me they work newer, I'd be like, why don't you play what you want to play? And I'll try to figure out what I'm going to play. Uh, I think is the way I would describe it. Um, and then also, as you mentioned, sometimes because this is like a... The rhythm of playing at the at the con because we skipped this because this was something that we talked about in the last one is like how people play. Some people will like play with one group a lot. Sometimes you'll play like with a group like three games in a row and they leave. Sometimes you just do one and done. Um, so if you're gonna play with a group a couple of times in a row, you guys can also be like, well, this time let's say we both have Hero Gandalf decks, right? First game, first quest you play Hero Gandalf. The next one it's like, hey, can I play him? You know, so like switch it up, right? Absolutely. Uh, give and take. And as you said, it's cooperative. It's friendly. Um, you shouldn't have people being super aggro about stuff, you know, like when you go to a competitive thing and people are getting really pissed because of losing. It's like, it's not that type of environment. It's not going to be a big deal. So no, most people at this con, I was, I would, maybe this is projecting, but I feel like most people don't get to play multiplayer, like four player like this very often. Mm -hmm. So if we're all just happy to play, like I'd play any deck, like I'm just happy to be there. Um, so yeah, absolutely people are, are very willing to be mm-hmm. accommodating yeah and it's a, it's a, a lot of times it's different meta for people too right it's like even if you mm-hmm. come with like a friend it's like yeah we play the same meta all the time it's cool to just play with different people because it just changes even if you're playing the same deck it's like oh it's like a totally different game right sure um yeah so that would be our suggestions for how to solve unique lists uh for old and new people with a lot people with a little um i know the common one is Oh man, I uh, I only own three copies of a certain card, Elven Light, right? Mm-hmm. But I want it in two decks. So what yep. do I do? Um, we've got three here, Shellen. Uh, why don't 
how do we do this? Because I want you to read this last one. So you need to read one, then me, then you. Yeah. So why don't you yep. read one, then I'll do one, and then you do one. Okay. Sure. So proxying is probably the easiest way to do this. Um, so using something to represent that card. The, the two primary ways that I think we see this done are to find another card that either is a similar cost, but you know it isn't actually itself, that you can just tell the table like, mm-hmm. hey, this cop, these hasty strokes in my deck are actually Test of Will, because um, my Test of Will is in my other deck, for example. Uh, mm-hmm. But then the other way that I've seen it that, that probably is a little bit cleaner so that you don't accidentally forget and try to cancel a shadow effect <laughs> um, <laughs> with, with your fake test of will is just a slip of paper. Um, if you sleeve yep. your cards, you know, just write on a piece of paper, test of will and slide it in the sleeve. Um, and then you'll know for sure when you draw that one. And yeah, nobody frowns upon proxying or alt arts or anything like that uh, in this game whatsoever. Like as long as you were clear before the game or it's clear based on the paper that's inside of it mm-hmm. uh everybody will understand and know what you're doing and be okay with it yeah proxying not a big deal especially because it's like a it's a convention but it's essentially just a giant home game you know where it's yes. like i i often refer to this as like different thing than like going to a tournament because i think that's a good way to differentiate what the environment is like like a tournament you bring a proxy people are pissed because it's like you don't own that card <laughs> like like you yeah. can't proxy right you know like that's, and that's much more of like a competitive like TCG sort of thing too, where it's yeah. like, you know, I went out and spent $30 on mm-hmm. this copy of a card <laughs> so I could have it in my deck. Like it's crummy that you just wrote on a piece of paper and didn't have to do the same thing. Like that doesn't exist in this game. Right, yeah. That's that's poor form in a like, competitive thing. But in a cooperative thing, it's like, well, whatever, who cares? Like I said, as long as you're clear about it where it's not like halfway through the game, you're like, oh yeah, this hasty stroke, I want it to be test of will. It's like, yeah, okay. I want it to be test of will too, but it's <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You decided four turns of the game, my guy. Uh, no, 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 no. Right? I would not. I would probably would uh, say no to that. <laughs> you know. Mm. Um. So yeah, proxying totally fine. Uh, another one is so there's some really common cards that people use to rely on. So like, try to find alternatives that do similar things. And here we have things like Steward of Gondor. Everybody wants resources, right? Mm-hmm. People love it, and people love playing Sword of Gondor. Not every deck can run Sword of Gondor, right? Um, and not because you don't have any leadership, or you're not playing just Song of Kings to play Sword of Gondor and nothing else. <laughs> uh, somebody else could be playing it at the table. So try to find something that can do something similar, but isn't necessarily Sword of Gondor. Uh, I think a classic one would be like your racial trait reducers. So... I have listed here King of Dale for the Dale deck, uh, Era of Volandil for the Dunedain, Olorian for the Sylvans. Stuff like that yep. would be ways to think around, like, okay, so I don't actually need Sword of Gondor on the deck because I'm playing another resource card, you know, Grey Wanderer, Resourceful, blah, blah, blah. So that's, like, more, like, highbrow. You really got to think about, like, oh, my deck needs to get more of this, but I can't include this. Um, play Band the Walls, right? Yeah, always. <laughs> so, just think just think about, like, a lot of people are probably going to want to play a common, unique card. What can I do that's similar is, 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 is a way that I would think about it. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell us about this last one here, because this is interesting. Yeah, so what this last one, uh, 
was what I have done at the con previously pretty aggressively. And that's, I, I do sleeve all of my cards in the same sleeves. So like all the decks that I have are in the same crimson dragon shields. Like I don't differentiate uh, sleeves for different decks so that I could just pluck cards from one deck and move them to another. And I think my big issue with this now, I, I think this can work if you're doing it in small doses. Like let's say I only have my three copies of steward. Like, I think it's mm -hmm. okay to probably know where those three copies were and move them. Last year, because of how focused the cycle was on tactics, I had three decks that were sharing cards like Secret Vigil, My Eagles, um, Williador, and all these sorts of things. And it became a huge pain for me <laughs> um, <laughs> in between games to make sure that I, I actually had my 50-card deck list because... Oh, right. There's yeah. really no way to tell other than like actually counting through the cards and being, okay, what am I missing? Like pull up my phone and look at it and then flip through my other things. It's like, well, shoot, which deck had secret vigil? I know I yep. need that because I need threat reduction. Uh, so if you're going to do this one, I think I tried way too hard last year to have a little bit of variability for myself. Limit yourself on this one to just like your key, absolute key piece cards uh, and don't try to do it too much. Like stick you know, I, I need test of will in two decks. That's fine. But don't be trying to have like two half decks that you need to be building on the fly at the con. Cause that just gets very confusing by the end of the weekend. I think. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Uh, I, hate I yeah, I don't see everything in the same. I will do like for Shiro's is this is kind of what I'll do. What you've mentioned is like, Oh, I need Arwen in these two different decks. Uh, I'm just going to bring one copy of Arwen, maybe. Although now I own so many Arwens that it's heroes. It's like, I don't really care. So right. I've got like eight Arwen heroes. So it's like, uh, whatever. I'll just bring along one of two of them. It doesn't really matter. But <laughs> um, yeah, I've not done this before. Usually because I don't. I don't bring that many decks. So I usually just am like, well, this deck's not going to have this in it. <laughs> or. Yeah. I have enough copies of certain cards. Like you mentioned test of will. It's like, well, I own like, I don't <laughs> so know. Many old cores just, and stuff. And you know, I have three of the original and... cores. I've got the, yeah, the two player one. I've got alt art ones. I got so many freaking test of wills. It's like, yeah, I got, I've got plenty. <laughs> so yeah. I haven't had to worry about it. That's a, that's another way to do it too. It's like, just have, um, you know, we're talking about proxies, having alt art cards as a way to just have like tons of extra stuff. So mm -hmm. I haven't really had to deal with that problem too much. I just have been able to roll it out. But it's interesting to note that you tried this last year and it really kind of blew up in your face. Um, yeah, so I'm 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 only doing it in a very minor way this year where my Rohan deck that I'll talk about has West Road Travelers in it. Uh, and mm -hmm. I don't have extra copies of West Road Traveler, but I right. need them for my Burglar's Turn deck as well. But I know that I'm not really playing the Burglar's Turn deck very many times, probably at the con. So that will be an right. easy one for me to just go fish three copies of um, the West Road Traveler out and then put them in my Rohan deck back when I'm done. So that's the only swap that I'll be making this year. I decided to do that instead of using proxies. Um, so we'll see how it works. Yeah, sounds more manageable um, yeah. than, than last year. Uh, speaking, of thinking, uh, speaking of making things manageable, how do we deal with issues at the table. And I'm not talking like BO and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or your um 
your order from the center, you ordered a BLT and it's taking 45 minutes to make a BLT, which is literally uh, like what, five ingredients? It's bacon, lettuce, tomato, bread, and then like a fat, you know, like yep. mayo or butter. Why is it taking 45 minutes to make me a BLT? Uh, you know, well, it happens. <laughs> uh, we're talking about like things at the table as far as cards go. Yep. So, uh, I'll start with the easy one here. So a lot of times what we've talked about are like uniqueness conflicts, blah, 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 blah. All this thing, or like games take so long, I want to play more. Uh, the simplest one is always uh, play two-player games. Uh, you'll be able to just play a lot more. So if you're like, man, I, I feel like I'm not getting enough games in, you know, um, four-player games, they don't actually just take twice as long as two-player games. They take like, way, way longer <laughs> than two-player games. Um, that's, that's a way to do it. And then also, if you play two-player you tend to avoid things like uniqueness conflicts or similar decks or stuff like that too. Um, yeah, just, it's it's funny. My first year at the con, so two years ago, I exclusively played four player games. Like maybe there was a three player mixed in there, but like it was only big groups. And we talked about this on the show last year. And then I actually did it a couple times. And for me, it wasn't so much of a uniqueness conflict issue. It's just that you play so many four-player games of this card game, and your brain just kind of starts Mm -hmm. to melt. Or at least mine does. I can't play four-player games for three days straight over the weekend and still be having fun. So it was nice. Like, at breakfast one day, I played a two-player game with John. And it was nice that, like, I could just sit there and chat and have fun with John and didn't really have, like, this huge, horrific board state that we were trying to manage either. Um, so it's nice to mix and match some of those in. I would, I would really recommend that, especially if you've got just like a little time before you want to do lunch or mm-hmm. something, try to try to get some of those lower player count games in it. It's a nice way to break up the weekend. Yeah, we did a, we did a two player, couple two player games before Dreadnought yeah. when we were inf- oh, that's famously, right. <laughs> yep. infamously, you could say late. <laughs> that's true. We did. I forgot about that one. Um, and that was kind of fun just, yeah, cause it was just so quick and it was yeah. like, because we both knew what was going on with the decks and stuff. It was like, it was just nice to have a, a nice, quick, breezy game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a nice change of pace. I would recommend mixing it up and not, you know, uh, sometimes I'll play three players. Three player two is, is even, it seems like it shouldn't be like crazy, the difference between four player and three player, but yeah. It's a lot it faster is. sometimes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So sometimes just dropping down to three players too. I, I play a bunch of three players at the, at the con too, is, is nice too, because um, I just. A little bit less going on, right? Yeah. Um, and then, so another one uh, to kind of, especially for those of us like me and you that aren't revised content only, if you haven't built your decks yet, maybe just kind of take a, a quick second to sit and think about what the revised pool looks like now. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the Fellowship box. Um, they've got Dream Chaser, so they've got Noldor. They've got Angmar, so they've got Dunedain. They've got the four trait-based starters and the core set. Like, it's not as bad as it was last year where it was like, well, maybe just don't bring a Sylvan deck because, or a dwarf deck because like those right. are the best, best two decks that the other players have. Like now that there's Noldor, like I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of Noldor decks this year. So bring it if you have an older deck you love, but know that that might be one that gets sidelined if you play with revised content only players. Uh, but I think like it's it's a lot easier to build around that card pool now just because of how much bigger it is. Like they have like yeah. five ish trait based decks that they can choose from, and then all of the you know mixing and matching sort of things you can do as well. Uh, but just maybe maybe take that one into account still. That like Noldor, I wouldn't be surprised um, 
if it's a hot deck this year at the con for for many reasons just it's good but a lot of people just finally got arwen and gildor or galdor sorry and kirdan and stuff so maybe maybe try to avoid having that be your <laughs> deck that you want to play the whole weekend sort of thing yeah yeah so like yeah common decks i would think you'd see obviously the four trade starters you've mentioned rohan gondor sylvan dwarf obviously we'll probably see a bunch of that hobbit yeah said, you know uh, I think we'll probably see a lot of Elrond, Vilia, Gandalf decks. Um, yeah, we saw a ton of them at the con last year. Yeah, so I still think we'll probably see see a decent amount. So um, if you're if you're a player with more cards, yeah, maybe think like, hmm, maybe I should try to avoid these, you know, or I or tr- critically think, oh, I can't have my one copy of Elrond ally be critical to everything that happens in my deck because I'm probably gonna be having problems because someone's going to play him as a hero, right? Um, although, yeah. he would be insane to give up playing him as the ally to have him as the hero. Like, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and anecdotally, like, just from what we see on the Discord and, like, there being very few tickets left on the website and stuff, it, it certainly seems like uh, there's going to be a much bigger revised content-only presence this year mm-hmm. than there was last year as well. Like, I'm sure some of the extra tickets sold are longtime players that couldn't make it last year, but it, it sure seems like there's a lot of people being like, it's my first con, what yep. do I do in our Discord server? So uh, we're excited to play with you, excited to see you there. Um, and for those of us, like, longtime players, things that we can do like this to help, you know, make their experience more fun and easy to get into games is always great. Yeah, uh, I'm curious, what do you think about uh, Alep decks? For, do you think revised content players are going to have that? Because it's like obviously they can print it. We know uh-huh. the Doug. We know that the Doug beer order. Yeah, <laughs> Doug the beer order happened. So we know a lot of them probably have the cards. But we I, we also know that you guys built a lot of those cards with the idea that you had every single card printed available to man uh, mm-hmm. for this game, except for Altar Gimli. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, and I guess Altar Boromir, but. Uh, so what do you think? Do you think we're going to see people with the RCO playing this? Or do you think that it's probably, like, I guess maybe Thangle? I don't know. But do you think people are going to be like, I still don't have these decks? That's a start. really good question. Um, last year, you know, you know, obviously being involved in ALEP, one of the big things that I looked out for at the con was, like, how, how much are people playing our stuff? And it was a huge percentage of people uh, were utilizing ALEP and at least a, one or two of their decks. I... I really don't know on the revised content only. Like the Doug Beer order was huge. We we know tons of people that were waiting for the cycle to be available at a better price point got in on it here. Mm-hmm. But I would guess that m- the majority of revised content folks still are probably not playing with Alep yet. Um, if I had to guess, it's just there's there's so much content, even just in the revised stuff already that like, you know, they've got like 35, 40 quests already available to them once two towers releases here. That's a lot of stuff to get through um, before diving into the fan content. So I'm betting we will see some like RCO up decks, but not a ton if I had to guess. Okay. I think that's reasonable. I'm asking you because I, I I don't know. That's of course that's why it's interesting to think to discuss because I am also. That's why like I said why I asked it because I right. right as an Alep person is no something idea. I will be walking around the con trying to gauge. I think I'm very interested to see uh, how that's working. 
Yeah, yeah. That's like one of the things as we kind of came into this that I've been wondering about is what that's going to be like. Um, because I just think that's fascinating, like, data point to try to figure out who is who is actually trying to play some of these cards and yeah. who's not. Um, or, or how are they, are they fitting in, like, some of your, like, utility cards are going in, but not right. your heroes, right? Yeah, that's for what sure. I'm, that's what I'm wondering and too. I think we've talked about it internally like our gondor and rohan stuff are probably good because like you got the starter decks mm-hmm. but yeah exactly like maybe like the brie deck you're missing oh yeah i'm playing just, that i don't think yeah you're missing a lot of like random smattering of lore cards that might make it hard for you to want to use even though so much stuff comes out in the alet pack so yeah it'll be interesting to see yes for sure um as an aside my dog beer order i got um genuine draft high life and uh, some Sam Adams. But anyway. Oh, there you go. Um, why don't you do this? <laughs> do the, I forgot about you. I haven't forgot you had this one here. Do the last point here. <laughs> uh, the, and this was our, our fun one from last year, saying it again. Uh, call dibs quick when you're out there. Like, that's totally fair game. Like, I'm sitting down, mm-hmm. we're playing this quest, especially if I've got a deck that I want to play against this quest. Just let people know, like, hey, I really want to play this deck in this quest. Uh, have the confidence to just come out and say what you want to do because people will usually go along with it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. uh, if somebody came out and said, I really want to play my Rohan deck against this quest because I think it's going to be fun. It's, you know, I wanted to try it. Like I'm not going to sit there and be like, but my Rohan deck is so good. I'm going to use it instead. You can't like never is that yeah. going to happen to you at the con. So just uh, speak up for yourself and, and call dibs, say what you want to do. Yeah, I think the only time that would happen for you, Sheldon, is you're like, I want to play my Eagles deck, and I was like, I've heard this person <laughs> sitting to your right has a better Eagles deck than you. Uh, quote, <laughs> Road to Rings recap. <laughs> and then I would say, my Eagles deck is built in such a way that it has no uniqueness conflicts with that person's <laughs> Eagles deck. We can both play them. That, that is true. We can both be E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles! Eagles. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, so yeah, those are some of our, like from a player side player deck type of topics here uh the next one this is kind of a big one here oh i I guess we're gonna have more player stuff here i want to do this anyway because this is our big kind of like strategy yeah the big Uh, one that's specific to this year's con right yeah so if people oh oh my god i never mentioned this and i hope people know (laughs) well if, if you're listening to this you should be going or you should have interest and you should know that con of the rings typically features two cycles um and a couple of other smattering of things but really the focus is two cycles of quests uh and this year it's the kaza doom world elf cycle and then it's your uh the alep cycle there's only one so i'm just gonna call the alep cycle you guys don't have a second one out so i don't really need to call it by its name um it's definitely not because i forgot what oaths of the rohirrim oh okay uh i knew it was oaths something (laughs) um so uh, the way we'll split it up here is I will lead us through Kaza Doom and uh, Doral Delph uh, because I'm I'm a I'm a lethal deck player. That's why we're leading us through KD here, and then Shellen will will take <laughs> us through uh, Alep. I think it just makes more sense because as Shellen, you develop you help develop it. So like yep. I could lead us through Alep, but what would end up happening is you would just explain things to me. So it's like why why did I do that? That was stupid, right? Um, yeah, though this makes more sense. So yeah. <laughs> Hit us with some some Kaza Doom and Dwerodel specific things that we should be on the lookout for. Okay, so um, number one thing you got to watch out for, in my opinion, 
watchful eyes. Oh my god, this card oh, is yeah. so annoying. And it's in so many quests as a condition attachment. And it's like if you're exa- if your hero it goes on a hero, and if they're exhausted then a combat, so the bad happens. Uh, you reveal. I think you like flip a card off the top of the counter deck with an enemy. It's it goes to stationary or something like that. I forget what it is. But yep. Anyway, watchful eyes sucks. So it's really bad, and there's a lot of copies of them. Yes. And it's in, like I said, it's in a lot of the quests. It's not just like, ah, oh, it's in a couple, right? It's like, it feels like it's in like every damn quest, it feels like. So, oh my god. So this, this card's really annoying. It's a condition attachment, so all there, there are things you can do to get rid of it, such as playing Minor of the Iron Hills, Power of Orthanc, your one copy of Ally Elrond, um, Bulwark of the West. You can also cancel it when it comes out. You know, you can do Test of Will. Uh, you can do uh, Doors Closed on it, potentially, type of stuff. So... Watchful Eyes is probably my number one card that you have to keep an eye out for because <laughs> it's so common and so you can it's just very, very, very annoying. Um, let's do another one that you'll see a decent amount of Zigil Mineshaft. It's a five cost, or sorry, five threat location. Um, and a couple of these in a row, very, very annoying. But it does have the action where you can raise your threat by one to place a progress on it so i would say pack some threat reduction because there's a chance especially in like four player that you're gonna have to do this or spirit elf helm ally is like mm-hmm. the g yes. for this for this card he basically breaks the mine shaft but uh only one person can play him so not everybody can have that ally in play so i, I would say keep this card in mind because it's also got five quest points so it's not easy to just like northern track it away else fall off it away Evening Star. It's, like it's, it's, it's very hard because it's, it's got so many on it. So that's a bit of an annoying card that you'll have to keep an eye out for as well. Um, one that you could use against it is the Cave Torch. This is when, in a lot of the quests. Um, if people haven't played it, it's just cool. Actually, the Cave Torch is in Dark of Mirkwood. So yeah, I think sure. it functions, functions the exact same, doesn't it? It does. Yep. Yep. Same way. Okay. So you should be familiar with the Cave Torch. It, it's originally from this cycle here. Um, you should make sure you're holding it properly, unlike our boy Spirit Aragorn. <laughs> uh, but this is a, this is a you know uh, I think it's easy to forget that you can use this card because you just you attach it to somebody and you just forget it's there because you you personally didn't play it. So yeah, use it and, and know again about how action windows work too. Yes. So you you can uh, all the all the locations could come out and then you're like all right time to cave torch. <laughs> you know you don't have to cave torch then have stuff come out so um knowing how you can do things is really helpful or um you know maybe somebody's playing hero legolas um and you got digital mines after that location and somebody's not playing with the burglar's turn um you know that's another way to i think i think gaythorch works that way or you can do an active location so um you can yep yeah gaythorch is great i i think the the action window piece there is a really big one like know your action windows know when you can use it safely like mm-hmm. it, it's great to use it in an action window after enemies have already attacked because like if yep. you draw an enemy who cares like you don't have to deal mm-hmm. with it until next round maybe you can deal with it some way so there are some fun and clever things you can do with cave torch especially in four player to help with the location lock issue yeah yeah because that's probably going to happen because uh there's a few there's that like i think goblin isn't it like a goblin tunnels or something that's like two seven or something like that? I think. Yeah, there's some weird, weird <laughs> shaped locations <laughs> in the the Dwarf Elf cycle. 
Yeah, so you might be needing the cave torch to help you get out of some of the high quest uh, locations here. Uh, let's go. There's a few uh, more. Tre- I should have done all my treacheries together, but um, Sleeping Century and Freezing Cold. <laughs> I put them together. Those, these cards suck. Um, yeah. Sleeping Century is the most infamous card in the game, probably. Yes. It basically says GG, <laughs> and you wipe the board <laughs> if, it, if it hits you. So this one, what's so bad about it, though, is you need both Test of Will and Hasty Stroke, usually. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you don't specifically need um, those guys. You guys, you have cards with similar effects, in, in theory. Shadow Cancel, Treachery Cancel, or One Revealed Cancel. But um, if you're going to play uh, Road to Rivendell, right? Yes, Road to Rivendell. Um, and you're in, <laughs> you need to have somebody playing Spirit and having those cards in hand. Otherwise, you're probably going to have a bad time. Um, Freezing Cold, also another annoying uh, condition attachment that um, could kill guys. So, again, play some condition removal or uh, treachery cancellation. Uh, Two locations I have on here. We'll we'll do Karadras, because I just took the cold. Karadras is going to reduce... Or it's going to kill basically all of your tactics <laughs> allies, probably. Because <laughs> uh, it's going to kill anybody who's got zero willpower. So, um, this one is the Redhorn Gate. If you're going to play that quest, don't play anybody. It's actually it's risky to play anybody with like one willpower. It's usually a bad idea, too. Um, yeah. You usually got to. Oh. Like, uh, Leadership Dane is really great for this quest. Um, because he gives that extra plus one to like so many characters that kind of makes the buffer. Because this location is, and you have to go to it too to win. It's really annoying. Um, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much on the quest for those that haven't done this one. But like, it, n- note that typically Karadras comes into play after you've advanced through a quest stage. So you quest successfully in the quest phase, and then Karadras comes into play, and Karadras reduces willpower while you're committed to the quest like you're still committed to the quest when Karadras first comes into play so pay close attention in that quest <laughs> which characters you're sending on the quest stage even if it's not in play yet because it can just jump on in and kill people like right when it enters play it's it's crazy yeah. that's a yes. that's a quest that you probably want to flip through and re um familiarize yourself with it if you can or or look on hall of Bayor and just kind of get some ideas if you've never played it before and are showing up to to roll at it the first time yeah, yeah. Very annoying. I don't think it's as annoying as branching paths, though, in the long dark. Uh, <laughs> no. Which I just don't think you should ever travel to it. I think that's my solution. Don't travel to it. Don't place any progress on it. <laughs> yep, leave it in the staging area forever. <laughs> Completely ignore branching paths is my number one tip. Because uh, it just it's going to you're going to have bad times. So yeah. if you see, I, mean, I probably just don't play the long dark. But if you do branching paths, you can travel to this location on like turn one and it can end your game i'm not even like kidding because you'll just get stuck at it and never advance so it's like especially in four player like just leave it there for those of you that don't remember that one that's the one kind of infamously ruined a cotr playthrough back in the first stage because yeah you have to pass a locate test to be able to place progress on it so if you make it the active as a buffer to the main quest like you're forcing yourself to pass locate tests which I think we looked into it. It's like seventeen percent of the cards in that deck 
have a pass for locate. Like it's a terrible quest that you should be able to beat every time. And if you right. lost, it's probably because you made an error with this location. Truly. So yeah. Yeah. Be on the lookout for that one. Yep. Um, I have a few quest specific ones here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for, uh, oh God, what is it? Uh, it's not a faux beyond. What is the, uh, what is the last one in the, the cause doom box? I flight I've... from Moria. Yes. Something like that. Is it Flight from Moria? Because then the print on demand is Escape from Casa Doom, I think. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Flight from um, Moria. The one with the Balrog. So yes. there is a thing with the abandoned tools. And give the abandoned tools to somebody who can ready. That's my tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it used to be Boromir. It used to just be like uh, Steve and Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so easy for him. <laughs> Didn't care. Uh, creepers completely ignored them all. Uh, unfortunately, he's still good at it, um, but he's not like yeah. Um, so he got nerfed. He's, he's uh, now he does. If he, if he hits the sand, now it will do damage and kill him. Um, yep. So that's my tip for that one. Without saying a ton, uh, foundations of stone. Uh, so this one you can get. This one I this one I would recommend trying to play three or four player. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's a point in this one where you get split up, and I think it's more fun to have more people in it. So uh, I would recommend trying to play this one with at least three players. So you, um, there, are, there are four different uh, quests or quest stages that you can split up for. So you know, if you see three of them, you're only missing one is not the biggest deal. Um, but people can get screwed by what they get. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, and then also. Uh, there's interesting washed away mechanic. Um, so certain decks, I don't know how much I should say here. Certain decks may hate this quest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just typical regular decks may run into a couple of problems too, depending on what they're, you know, just burping out to. Um, but I don't want, yeah, that was more fun to kind of see that happen. Shadow and flame. Everybody knows the gimmick of it. So I'll just say it. Um, because everybody knows it's the one we started zero because it's so infamous um, yep. for, for that kind of cool thing. So this is one where I think I think this is the most the quest the most where you should prepare for it. I I know last year we talked we did this section was really long last year because there were so many specific things, especially with the stupid against the shadow cycle with the yes the monosphere crap. We talked it forever here. This is the only one where I think you really really need to to build for. If you're going to play it, because I think if you just try to roll out, it's not, it's, it's so weird, because it's like, if you build for it, and do it right, uh, and you play, like, um, Leadership Frodo, or Gladriel or Nori, it's kind of boring, because it's so easy, but also then if you don't do it, the quest is not that fun, because it's like, oh my god, it's he just, really it's, he's just annihilating over and over again, and you're not going to, in a con setting, you're not going to have fun. Like, at home, um, or you can play it a bunch of times in a row, uh, or your guys know you're going to do it, and you're bringing decks that are like, oh, we've stru- we're going to try this strategy. It's going to be more fun. But at the con, I think you're going to have a bad time. Uh, so, yeah, bring a threat reduction hero that can get you on, keep you at zero all the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sideboard. If you're bringing a sideboard, maybe pack some timely aids and resourceful type things mm-hmm. that, like, no, you're not in secrecy anywhere else. But if you really want to play this quest at the con, like, those are great things to pop into your deck. For sure. For sure. And then you also need Test of Will for this quest, too. Yes, um, I think so. 
but uh, let's see, are there any other ones that really need uh, tips? I guess, oh, my, I guess my big one for this uh, cycle is be prepared for a lot of combat. Yes. Um, and not necessarily always, like, enemies that are, sometimes they're really strong, like Cave Troll is in this one, or, uh, yeah, he has named Cave, Great Cave Troll, what is he named? I don't even remember. Um, I think there's both, depending on the quests, yeah. Okay, that's probably why I can't keep the difference because there might be two different ones. Like, they suck the uh, tentacles, they can suck. Um, Nameless but things it's, can get you. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff out there. Yeah, but but a lot of uh, enemies, especially the goblins, are not like super strong, but they can really multiply quickly on you, and you don't want to take undefended attacks for a lot of them. Uh, I think it's, this one has Black Uruk in it, I believe is the name of him, and... Uh, he can he will just automatically engage a certain player basically, which can throw off all of your strategy. That's kind of annoying. Um oh, I guess ambush is in this cycle, but that's only in one quest. Yeah. Um uh, anything else to really go over? I'm trying to think of quest specific ones. I guess maybe for watcher in the water. Uh you could you could try to bring the deck that's good with the uh, the discarding the for going through the doors. That <laughs> the doors fun. Is, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I'm with you. The, the the big things that I remember for this cycle are that this is kind of the height of the cancel or die treachery era of yep. this card game. And in four player, you see those treacheries a lot. So like if mm-hmm. you have spirit, like bring test of will. I know it's kind of annoying to have to do it, but like this is a cycle where like you just lose heroes or just lose the game because some of the treacheries are kind of poorly designed. Um, so, yeah, this so, once you could lose a hero setup, basically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Sudden pitfall there occurs in quite a few quests. So that's my biggest one: is bring shadow cancellation and bring test of will if you can. There, there are you know sterner than steel, um, halfling bounder type things that even if you're not running spirit, you honestly might consider in the cycle. We, we talked, you talked Road to Rivendell where they've got the Sleeping Sentry thing. You keep canceling Sleeping Sentry and then you hit Orc Ambush when the encounter deck's <laughs> almost empty. Yeah, that you've happened to me once. 12 Orcs in the staging area now, too. Like, it, it, this cycle can really hurt bad on the treachery front, front. So have a plan for it for sure. Yeah, definitely. This is the number one cycle probably where you need Test of Will, I think, because, uh, yeah, it'll change your win probability so much. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's any other ones that really uh, have specific call-outs. I guess Watchers, like... Oh, I guess what I think, too, is in this one, um, low-threat decks don't always work in this cycle very yeah. well. Yep, because so many of these, these enemies have very low engagement costs. So, if, like, Hobbit deck, I'm not really sure is very good in this, in this cycle because that triggers so much off of you having lower engagement and also you have like hardly any hit points. So like, if you're not triggering, you're going to lose a here, you know, you're not getting readies from Sam or whatever. Your ability's not going off. Then you got to take an undefended attack. And will they hit you for like five <laughs> because of the effect and you're just toast. So I don't know. If that's the best deck to bring against this cycle. I think you could have some problems specifically with that one. Um, yep. Agreed so many like 15 or 20 engagement cost enemies across it that and then the ambush keyword there's like at least half the yep, quest in the cycle one. can 
dump enemies on your non-combat deck uh, that normally you wouldn't have to deal with. Yeah. So like we said, be have a deck that can do that can handle combat. You know, you can't just be the, the passive deck that's like, I'll just only interact with the staging area and I'll never have to do combat because like the way that the enemies are scaled on this one, it ain't happening because there's and there's so many of that shadow effect to where they just go to the staging area. It's like, oh no. <laughs> so, yeah. Um Anything else that you would add for Casa Doom Doral Delph here? I don't think so. Like there are some strategies like some of the dwarf underground tech or Oh yeah, those are cool. Direct damage things that like you, you can't use those decks in a lot of quests, but like here you can. So like if you want to build some fun things, you can use those in, in this cycle, which is neat. Like they're not necessary by any stretch of the imagination, but uh it's a fun option for you if you wanna go that direction. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, but why don't we go to your ALEP one here? Since we kind of yeah. covered, I think I think we did a good covering of Kaza Doom for people. I think so too. So yeah, the ALEP cycle, um, I think taken as a whole, puts a lot more threat pressure on you than a lot of other cycles do. Um, so for those that haven't played it before, or those who haven't played it in a while, I think having some threat reduction, maybe even a little bit more than you would normally think to include in your deck, is going to be a good thing. Like, just off the top of my head, I know that uh, Horse Lord's Ire, Gap of Rohan, Glittering Caves, and Blood in the Eisen, and Aldberg Plot all have, like, pretty, like, threat-ramping sorts of mechanics built into them to, to make that loss condition actually somewhat scary. So bring some extra threat reduction is something that I would recommend. Just like when we say bring Test of Will and Cancellation for Dweradelf, uh, bring threat reduction for ALEP cycle, for sure, um, is something that you need. And then in terms of like other generalist stuff, I, I think that our cycle doesn't have a ton of like things that carry over from quest to quest quite as much as Dweradelf does. Uh, they're all pretty uniquely designed. We do have the vast keyword, which is built into a couple quests that it's on locations that requires you to either exhaust a hero or a mount to travel to them. Mm-hmm. And that is it requires every player to do that. Um, it's only on two quests in the cycle, but if you're going to play uh, Horse Lord's Ire or Mustering of the Rohirrim, it, it's something to maybe pack some extra mounts for just so you're not stuck in exhausting heroes to pay that cost when you could include like a cheap uh, Steed of Imladris or whatever to, to exhaust for you instead might be some decent tech. And then I think combat is something that's going to be a pretty big one here as well, much like the Dwerodelf one. There are a few quests where I think you can get away with having a very generalist or like a very specific focus in questing deck. But we have a lot of, like, considered to be engaged with all players' enemies or, like, Helm chasing people in Glittering Caves where it's tough to hide as a questing deck without any ability to do combat uh, in a lot of these. So you you probably need at least some sort of defensive option, even if not offensive, some sort of way to survive <laughs> with those, those questing decks um, more so than you might in, like, Angmar or Dream Chaser, if you're familiar with those ones. And then in terms of quests that really require specific tech, 
blood in the eisen is the yeah. big one um that i would say almost necessitates a specific blood in the eisen mm-hmm. deck in a lot of ways uh in four player it's maybe a little bit less restrictive than it is in lower player counts but i think if four people just showed up with normal especially if they were good like power decks and played blood in the eyes and you're just gonna lose that quest was specifically designed to be a difficult quest that targeted like ally swarm three hunters um you, you know big fast accelerating board state sort mm-hmm. of things i i you know i i don't say this lightly as somebody that I love the quest. I think it was very well designed. I'm not sure how well it fits into a pickup game sort of environment. It almost it almost feels like something that you you want to build a specific deck for. So if you have the cycle and want to play it again, maybe refamiliarize yourself with it and kind of like Shadow and Flame, yeah, come in with a Blood in the Eisen plan and a Blood in the Eisen deck to handle. Um, the the incredible threat ramp that it can do to you if you build too fast of a board state um, it is the biggest one, I think. And then maybe Glittering Caves is less restrictive on decks, but is a pretty complex quest. So if you're going to play that one, I'd recommend maybe loading it up on Dragon Cards and at least just kind of familiarizing yourself and getting a look at it since there's a a lot more going on in that quest than there is in a typical Lord of the Rings card game quest. Yes, and uh, also bring be... a specific token for yourself. Like, don't yes. just be a loser and use a resource token, okay? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, because each individual player gets to move around the map on that one. So yeah, bring bring a little fun thing. I think I've got uh, something that I've picked out to be myself for Glittering Caves that I like quite a bit. So Okay, can so I guess? my biggest one. Yes, you can guess. Okay, so it's either got to be a trident, Ooh. it's got to be a captain's boat hat, uh, a piece of scaffolding, okay. um, which seems like, I don't know if you're going to be able to get that on the plane. That's too so, big. Yep. Yeah, that might be tricky. A sharp object, I'm not sure they're going to let you. Same with trident, also. Yeah, tough to get on the plane. Tough to get on the plane. Um, or, oh yeah, this is also going to be tough. I was going to say, big cat. I don't know. I guess... I, can you can you get a big cat on there for emotional support animal? I don't know. You probably could. It's twenty twenty three. Yeah, probably. So those are all my guesses here. Nope no no dice on any of those. You'll just have to wait <sighs> and see. But yeah, those are the main things in the ALEP cycle. I I like to think that we did a pretty good job of uh, having a pretty varied types of quests, and then not really making certain decks suck at it. Like I think Grey Wanderer, you can't really play against Gap of Rohan for example, and that's one of the very few things where I'm like, it really stonewalls these types of things. Like, if you've got a decent deck, you're going to do pretty well against almost everything Aleph except for Blood in the Eisen, I would think. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't think any of them were like, yeah, Blood in the Eisen was crazy hard. And I, like I said, I'm, as you said, I don't know if I would play that one at the con. I think that one's not going to be a good time. No, Some it's not a Shadow blind... Flame. Yeah. It's not it's a good like... blind quest deck. It's not a good pickup game quest. It it's something that like I think was fun when it came out and you got it in the mail and you got to sit down mm-hmm. and try to figure out the puzzle to beat it. Uh but it it yeah. It's it requires <laughs> as you said, it requires everybody to be like, we're playing this quest. 
which mm-hmm. usually means you have to coordinate, <laughs> which is like you're doing that ahead of time. And we are we have coordinated some things ahead of time, but um, that can be tricky. So especially yeah, if you're like don't know people or can rope them in, as I often just do. <laughs> um, I basically tell them you're doing this with me, and they're like, oh, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Um, or that sounds so stupid, let's do it. Uh, so yeah, bloodlines might be a tricky one to do. I would agree for that. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think you you can get by with mostly just a good generalist deck. Especially if you play multiplayer. Solo, not so much, from what I remember. Yes. I often had to go for the really strong decks to win solo. Um, but I was like, oh, if I just had the extra person here, this would be able ease, ease the pressure a bit on. Especially combat was the thing, I think. The, and then having to, like, Vast was annoying solo, too. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. Yep. I think, I bet if I I had think all of our quests get a little people, bit easier in multiplayer. So yeah. three or four shouldn't be too bad. Yeah. Um, I will say the one thing with these is... Uh, there's a lot of passive things going on. Yes. So you really got to be paying attention. This, I, I discussed this with Bob. I was like, sometimes I think sometimes you guys have a little too much passive stuff because it's like, boy, I got a lot to check a lot of stuff here that are going on. Mm-hmm. I remember paying attention a lot of times. There's a lot of objective cards. Some of these quests have a lot of setup in them. Um, some of them, it's, it's totally cool. because like glittering caves. You know, when we did, uh, God, whatever the long qu- uh, that quest thing was named again, we were like, oh, what is cool about, even though Temple of the Dis- Map Quest <laughs> I think that's Temple Deceived, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, we, we talked about map quests. We're like, yeah, maybe it's a bit easy, but it's like it is. It is cool to have like the whole. Like, it's like totally different, right? That is still cool novelty. Like glittery caves. It's it's worth it because the the, the extra kind of pain in the ass setup because it is so unique to do. So it's like, oh yeah, this is kind of fun because it's going to be different than a lot of other stuff. So e- even though there's a lot of initial overhead, um, I think there's enough fun to be had for if every quest was like that i'd be like this is stupid like why are we doing this mm-hmm. this game take forever to set up but for one off owner i think that's gonna be pretty fun for people too um, i think to i think that is a fair shout though when one that i really didn't consider uh yes the complexity of these quests is a, a, a significant step up from duero delf in particular mm-hmm. being paired with them over the weekend um I, I think there are some that are not super mechanically complicated like uh Fire on the East of Net and Gap of Rohan and mm-hmm. Battle for the Beacon are pretty straightforward sorts of quests. But yeah, there there are some that where you've got to be paying attention to the passive effect on locations and... And passive effect on, on, on enemies and mounts and stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So, so definitely a little bit more of a brain-burning overhead sort of thing. So especially if we get into Sunday where a lot of these quests are being <laughs> featured, like this might be the time to play a two-player game. You know what I mean? Like, yep, exactly. four-player Glittering Caves is so fun, but that it's going to take two and a half hours, and it's going to melt your head. So just, like, be prepared <laughs> for that someday, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, Glittering Caves, we said Foundations of Stone. Got to play that three or four-player. I feel like Glittering Caves, you got to try to play a three to four-player. Because I think it's going to be um, really unique and interesting to play it with more people. Because I've played that solo, and I've played a two-player, and it's like... Well, solo, which is insanely hard. <laughs> I was like, oh my yes. god, this is so hard. <laughs> yep. Even even the, the, the third burglar deck was like, and I had like, I ha- I think I had the nuts, basically. I had uh, the uh, ancestral armor and the mithril shirt, and I was still like, god, this quest is so hard. <laughs> and 
and I had yeah, like the nuts. It is a rough so. one, but it's fun because you you have an enemy that chases you around the map. So yeah. four player when you can kind of like split up and Scooby Doo out yeah. how to Scooby Doo him exactly. It it adds yeah. some fun weirdness. Yes. we're very yeah. As opposed to he just follows you around like all the time. <laughs> yeah, and oh, solo no. he just this... keeps he's Jason just always. <laughs> slowly yeah. lumbering behind you yeah he like just beelines right to you it's just like all right turn two let's go <laughs> you know but yeah so i'm looking forward to trying that one with some more more players i think that could be a fun one to have a, um a good time with uh so we have discussed this a little bit for player tech that we're gonna bring for these quests. was there anything else you want to add for alap i should say i think we kind of i think we covered it we're kind of done yeah. yeah um we discussed bringing uh cancellation for shadows and treacheries Yep. especially for damn uh, the world health cycle you mentioned. And we've discussed condition removal as well for mm-hmm. there's a bunch in that one. You discussed uh, threat reduction for a Yep. Um, the misty Jountain journeyman here has suggested <laughs> that uh, a lot of the goblins in um, Casa doom have two hit points. So a lot of direct damage can be nice. So if you're running like, um, Thalen and Gondorian Spearman, you're running uh, Thorndor, uh, you could be running uh, Argolad, uh, Patrick Spilbo, but all, all this stuff, because they don't have a lot of hit points, direct damage can be pretty potent, um, mm-hmm. which I think is a good tip. Uh, also, like, because you can do the direct damage before they, like, reveal their stupid shadow, which is another one of them. Awesome. Yes, always good. <laughs> uh, I don't know if this one, last year we discussed tech very specifically for the two quests because i think like they had really specific things uh because you know i got the card hate in Ringmakers. uh you got the monosphere support i can say the multi-sphere hate in uh against the shadows so we really discussed having to bring like certain cards and certain decks i don't know if this one requires as much beyond probably shadow and flame and uh blood of the eisen yeah uh, i think the, the simple truth is that world elf is just very easy i think yeah in comparison to the cycles we had last year so like mm-hmm. yes you can bring tech but you can other than a couple of the really stupid treacheries you can kind of just face tank anything with a decent deck even some yep. of the nightmare versions of these quests like if you're bringing the typical decks that people bring to a con, which are usually above curve power level, because you're trying to show off your your fun decks, uh, you're you're going to be fine in these quests without yep. really specific tech for the most part. Yep, I agree. Like we said, it's pretty much just Shadow and Flame and then Test of Will and Pacey Stroke or yep. equivalent cards for that one. Uh, and for yours, I think you said mounts were actually bringing extra mounts in a deck was a really good one. Yes. Uh, but it's only for a couple of quests, too, right? That's not that. It's many, only so. two quests that use the vast keyword. So yeah, and there's a and chance you don't play those. There's a chance you don't, and and I think horse lords in particular, you can kind of get away with out it and limp through, and then there aren't as many vast locations in mustering. So like, if you don't do it, uh, you're probably gonna at least survive. It might be painful, but y- you can get away without bringing mounts if you need to. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anything else. I, for me, for what I'm going to bring, uh, other than bringing some extra condition removal, I don't think I'm going to bring anything else. Are you going to? 
No, I'm not. I just I made sure that all of my decks that have spirit have test of will and hasty stroke. <laughs> it's basically the only yeah. thing that I did. Um, right. And and I don't even know how necessary that will be, but I just I just made sure that you know I, I went to 52 cards because I needed to put two hasty strokes in the deck. It's kind of my tech that I did. Yeah. And there's not anything cool where we could be like because last year you brought Bilbo's plan because of my amazing ep- Bilbo's plan episode. That's there's true. nothing like Nothing like that this time, I think, too, that's really, like, necessitates. No, not really. Or cool, but yeah, so. Um, you're going to bring any four-player-specific cards? You know, Keenan's Lances, Man the Walls. Uh, obviously, we're going to bring Big Willie, because we love him so much. Um, we do love but... Big Willie. <laughs> um, um, I always bring Keenan's Lances. I didn't bring a Victory Display deck this year. I did last year. Um, but oh, I'm yes. packing I'm packing Keenan's Lances just, just in case. It's always fun when somebody else runs it to to profit off of it so i I will bring that and i do i'm not sideboarding in things like man the walls and williador but a couple of my decks specifically like have them as part of their deck uh this year uh i'll probably if i remember i'll bring keena's lances i I sometimes forget to bring keena's lances (laughs) because i'm like oh yeah i just don't think about it but um yeah, that might be the only one I bring this four-player specific card. I can't think of anything else that's like... Yeah, that I would really want to or need to bring this time. I don't think there's too much here, so... Uh, Keenan's Lance is maybe the only one. Uh, that kind of brings us to sideboarding here. Uh, so last year, we... Because we, we didn't know how, how they were going to do it, I think. Or did we? I can't remember. Achievement hunting. Don't need to worry about that, because it's they have uh, decoupled achievements from... Uh, raffles so uh you don't necessarily have to think about like oh i might really need something as much anymore um that was a uh well that has led to one of my favorite stories ever which was the time that um god i wish i could remember who the third player was i want to say it was red and grape but i can't remember for sure uh with mark and aaron when they played didn't bring the deck, the, the cards. Yeah, and they didn't. None of them had a card to actually complete the achievement, and they tried to do it, and it was. Like, and then they realized halfway through the game, no one could do it. That was funny. Um, so that's not necessary anymore, really, to try to achievement hunt. That was part of the reason to bring a big sideboard. Was like, mm-hmm. I might need a specific card or a couple of cards to do this. That's not doesn't necessary anymore. And talking um, with McDog last year, we you know we did that interview yeah. with him on the second feed about achievements and that sort of thing it really seemed like last year's achievements were much more attainable without specific tech cards, which I think uh, was nice. I wouldn't be surprised to see a similar thing this year where like the achievements are mostly like making it harder on yourself by Mm -hmm. choosing different, like certain enemies and setup or trying to do it in a certain number of rounds or whatever versus these big elaborate things because they just know that we can't prepare for those achievements if we don't know what they are beforehand. Exactly. So you can still so, go achievement hunting, even though you're not getting extra prize drawings for it, but you probably don't need to craft an achievement hunter sideboard like we tried to do last year. Yes, so Like I sure. tried to do last year, at least. <laughs> um, uh, I'm probably going to bring some sideboard heroes. You mentioned one that I'll probably... So uh, this is going to get us close to deck reveals, but I'll bring a couple of tactics heroes. And that's... Pr- probably it um well although i you know what i, I forgot i said uh maybe keen lances i remember 
Power of Orthanc, that's coming with. That, oh, sure. That, that comes every every con I go to, Power of Orthanc is coming with me. <laughs> um, to the point where sometimes I think to myself, why is Power of Orthanc not just in the deck? I have to bring it so many damn times. <laughs> it's like, but, uh, I mean, there's so many times where it's not useful, so that's why sideboard card. Uh, other than that, probably nothing for me else. Uh, maybe, I was thinking about a Rovanian outrider for a specific thing that we're going to try but i don't know maybe not yeah we'll see my my sideboard's much smaller this year um i don't have like a generalist sideboard because i'm not bringing that big bond of friendship deck Mm -hmm. um so mine is is just kind of very specific tech for certain quest or certain decks like i've got like one or two sideboard cards for for a couple of my decks is all i'm bringing and all of my decks are built a bit more combo-y, uh, much like your Caldera deck, where like you you really can't sideboard out one of your heroes in that deck because the deck right. is built based upon what those three heroes do. That's kind of how all of my decks are. Uh, so I don't have any hero sideboards. Like if I run into uniqueness conflicts, I'll just run a deck that doesn't have uniqueness conflicts. Um, I, I won't sideboard out a hero, typically. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have the old, uh, as you mentioned with Chad, with the A-Win, Tactics A-Win. I'm going to bring her in a deck, and I'll probably bring, like, Matablog, honestly, <laughs> yeah, what he exactly, exactly said. Um, maybe, like, Baragond. I don't know. Um, kind of really, kind of doesn't really fit with the deck, but, you know, that's just one to consider. Because uh, that, that, I guess let's get into it here. We'll do our decks. Mm-hmm. Uh I'll go first. Let's do let's do our boring ones up front. Sure. Um, that are like straightforward, and then we'll get into our fun stuff here. So, um, I'll do my one boring deck before I get into the two fun things going on here. Uh, I'm gonna bring the Mono Tactics, uh, Burglar's Turn deck that I brought last year. The one that we've joked about a few times with the Eagles thing. Uh, that's mostly packed with Eagles. That you were like that that Eagle that deck, which had no Eagle heroes, <laughs> was better than my. Eagle deck yep. with Eagle Heroes. <laughs> as we have uh as I've often pointed out, is a was a very funny thing for you to say. Um so that's the one where like it's got Tactics Thayed and Hero, it's got Huragon, and it's got Tactics Aowin, so Tactics Aowin can kinda get dumped um for Mablung or Fallon, maybe. That's actually not a bad thought, actually. Oh, that could be um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, now that I say it out loud, you know, uh, the Hobbit, uh, Pippin, right? Mary? Yeah, Mary. (laughs) Um, and then, uh, or something, because she's kind of, like, not as essential for the deck. She's really just there to help me get the early 11 willpower, but if I'm playing, and that's for solo, so that's why you need it, but multiplayer, I probably don't need as much, so... Uh, pretty straightforward. Here gone deck just plays. I mean, people heard me talk about it last year too, and people are probably familiar with how this plays. It's basically, just play. Uh, the deck is all tactics allies except for like probably faint, a couple of faints. Uh, eagles are coming, and uh, what is the card that goes with eagles of the north? Um, Flight of the eagles. Flight of the Eagles. I think that's the only that the only card in it that are not allies. <laughs> so just basically just play a ton of allies, tries to get in with the discount for one, 
um, because of the burglar stone, sometimes you get the like the necklace or something, and you get some extra resources or whatever the heck is going on. But um, just a solid kind of boring deck, good for me when I need to vlog, so I don't have to do a lot. <laughs> um, easy to play, but also pretty solid and consistent. I think that's the one that might be okay for me against Blood on the Eisen because I could just kill all of my eagles. Yes, exactly. And soup up one big eagle. Um, but it's also got a lot of allies with hit points in it too, so that's always good for like those archery stuff too. So yeah, pretty boring, yeah. but straightforward. But solid yeah, straightforward deck. deck. You you quest and then you pay for a tactics ally that was one cost <laughs> cheaper. And you yep. do that every round and. <laughs> Eventually, you've got an unassailable board state of tactics allies, which is usually <laughs> yeah, basically. pretty strong in multiplayer, right? Like tactics allies are mm-hmm. very strong in four player with the ranged and sentinel and stuff they provide. So it's a good yep, deck yep. for sure. Uh, since I'm bringing like twice as many decks, I'm going to go with two of my kind of boring ones here. Yes. I'll just piggyback right off yours. Um, I'm bringing my Alep Eagles deck uh, that I brought last year. Uh, it's got uh, the two Alep heroes, Alagos and Fauneth, and then Gwai here. Uh, hero so it's three eagle heroes and then just a ton of eagle allies it it's more fun for me in terms of like passing eagles around the table and doing kind of silly things it it still wants to do the same eagle things of loading up an eagle of the misty mountains and using support of the eagles and all that sort of stuff the only changes that i've made is i was very reliant on sneak attack gandalf in the deck for both threat reduction and card draw because tactics kind of hurts for both of those and i don't have a lot of leadership yep. resources um i completely forgot about the alep card open the gates which if you have three heroes that all have the same trait it's a card draw card that allows you to go look through the top five and put an ally with that trait into play and then return it to your hand at the end of the phase if it was still in play so it's amazing tech for eagles because like if you find a, <laughs> yes. an Eldor or Thorondor or whatever, you're getting the enter and leave play effect and you can feed it to an eagle of the Misty Mountain and stuff. That, that was a glaring oversight to not be in the deck. So that's the only real update I've made to it over the year is having that extra three copies of essentially card draw in the deck lets me use Sneak Attack Gandalf for his threat reduction a lot more, uh, which as we mentioned is very important for the ALEP cycle. So hopefully, hopefully that will prevent me from threading out or being dangerously close to threading out like sometimes happens with that very high you gotta have uh arkenstone you know that's got a second ability on it right (laughs) (laughs) if if you find it in your burglar's turn deck yes i would love it (laughs) give it to me Uh, um and so that eagle deck is there and then my alep rohan deck um it has been built since i got the alep deluxe back in what like march two and a half years two years ago now um and it has never been altered or messed with. It's a Thangle Lithereal Tactics AMR deck that utilizes Lithereal to put allies into play for free. You discard them using their effect to get a permanent ally with Thangle. So it's kind of the Alep Rohan engine. I literally have made no changes to it. Like I said, I think I sideboarded in uh, Hasty Stroke <laughs> in case I play it against Duerdel quests. And that's the only change that I'll be doing with that one this year. Yeah. So, should I do a tried and true deck here, or do you want to do this last one on your list here, and then we do that? I go. Oh yeah, I'll do my last tried and true deck then. Or wait, which one's that? Oh no, I said I could do a tried and true deck, but oh. then we're getting into funny stuff. Or do you want to do your one on the bottom here, which is kind of more of a 
is more of a normal deck. Yeah, yeah, I'll here. do the last one there. Um, so I, I wanted to build a deck that was kind of specifically built for the Dwarred Elf Cycle that basically took all of the tech that we talked about and tried to cram it into one deck. Yeah, uh, And what I got was a Last Alliance of Gondor and Dwarfs deck that is mostly there to recycle Lay of the Nauglamir, which is a ALEP card that kind of allows you to discard the top 10 cards of your deck and pull in two cost allies and put them into play. So it's got cheap Gondor allies like Gondorian Spearmen, uh, who can do some direct damage. It's got Thalen, who's direct damage. It's got Hail of Stones to utilize these cheap allies. And then it's got Eleanor as a hero for the extra test of will basically built into a hero there. So it it's a deck that I think the most amazing thing to me about it is that it's the first deck that's going to be published on Rings DB that uses Biffer, Eleanor, and Thalen as the three heroes. Um, and I don't think it's amazing, but it has every conceivable piece of Dwerodelf tech other than Shadow and Flame basically built into it. So I'll probably run it a couple times against some of those easier Casa Doom quests just as a like see how well it works sort of thing. Yeah, seems kind of interesting and cool. And yeah, you've kind of built it because it's like I said, Dwarf off not super hard, so you can sign try something a little goofy and janky and And other than the three heroes, I believe it doesn't have any unique allies or attachments in it either. So, like, Biffer is somewhat commonly used. I love him more than the average person, but Eleanor and Thalen are really not used that often. So it, it should be one of those. Uh, I can probably play it with any table sort of deck as well, since there's going to be no uniqueness conflicts. Yeah. Um, that was another thing I was going to say about the deck, too. Oh, does this have, like, all, all that weird stuff, like, Ever My Heart Rises and Bomber and... Oh yes, it has uh, every dwarf underground piece of tech that there there could be. Yeah, Untroubled by darkness to give everybody yep. two willpower. Yeah, bomber. Um, I, I love the ever my heart rises tech in it because I don't have to include other readying. So like I can, I can use Eleanor's ability to get rid of a treachery, and then I have this on her, and I can ready her with a Gondorian shield to be a serviceable defender for me afterwards as well. So. Yeah, really, really trying to utilize some of those cards that never get out of my binder otherwise is, is the hope. Yeah. Um, so let's get into the goofy ones here. Yes, uh, the ones that we know we're going to get out of the binder <laughs> for sure. Uh, OK, let's do. Yeah, let's save. our. Let's save the save the best for last. Save yeah, the best for last. I agree. OK, so I am going to be bringing as a, as you as I thought about transitioning. We were discussing tried and true decks here. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm bringing. We talked about it. You hinted at it. I mentioned it. I'm bringing the Keldara third burglar deck. Like, come on. Of course, I am. Um, so there's so many places I've talked about this <laughs> and written about it. Uh, I'm not going to explain how the deck works really. Uh, other than to say it's uh, based around the hero Keldara, uh, and it has the burglar's turn contract in it. Um, so we can save about 20 minutes to be talking about how the deck works. However, it is not the same yes. deck that I've always brought in the past. Uh, Shell and I have mentioned that we are not physically bringing all of the decks that we are going to have, and it's because we're getting some alt art decks printed. And 
my Kaldara Turd Burglar deck. Oh, funny that we're talking about turds, because this place might make you have a bunch. <laughs> if you haven't eaten there recently, it is McDonald's. Dan Bayorn, uh, the keeper of bear culture. Uh, future Dallas Mavericks GM, hopefully, we'll see. Uh, built an alt-art deck version of this for me that's all based on uh, McDonald's lore characters. Yep. I don't I don't know how you would des describe it, but um, yes, so I'm going to have uh, John print that off for me, and, and I'm going to have that, so um, McBayorns, I think I, <laughs> I think I've called them a lot of times, too, where I'm like, I need to put an order in at McBayorns, so yeah, <laughs> the McBayorns deck is, I think, what I'm going to call it. Um, yeah, based that's on gonna that, be the Hamburglar was obviously the 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 idea that Dan had when he made the alt art deck there, and it is quite good. It's you... very funny. I don't. The thing is, what's gonna be crazy is I don't know what half the crap is in it because, like, I know <laughs> right because uh, because there's so much stuff from before I was before me and you were like really kind of around because like he's got a lot of like those '80s weird mascots in there that I'm like, yep, I, like. The like Mayor McCheese and his like jail um playground equipment or whatever he had I never saw that in real life. So it's like yeah, some of these characters I don't recognize at all. Some of them are the ones that we grew up with. Um but yeah, uh and there's some stuff in there where I'm like, what was this from? Um like the pirate guys? I don't remember what those are from. Some I recognize from like he had some like straight to VHS stuff. Um but yeah, it's weird, but it's very funny. Yeah, it's a it's a great art deck for sure. It, I, I think my favorite part is you play this Kaldara deck a ton. It's like your most played deck by far. And now oh, you yeah. have this alt art deck that you're going to try to play for the first time at the con. How often when you're playing normal Kaldara deck, do you not even read your cards? You just know what it is based on the art. And oh, yeah. <laughs> how difficult is that going to be? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, this isn't Zigil Minor. This, oh, yeah, no, never mind. Yes, it is, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to be the biggest thing. Yeah, my Kaldara deck, like, I'm like the fastest Kaldara player on the planet because I, 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 yeah, because I've seen the cards so many times. And even if I st stick in some of those alt art ones, whatever, I still know so, so easily. But I'm, because they still kind of look like the character or like what a character would look like. At least I'm going to have no clue. Like, yep. uh, and those characters look similar too. So, like I said, there's multiple pirates. There's like two guys who look like a cop. <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> I'm like, or they're like, I, maybe that they're like a cop with a dude with a cheeseburger head. I'm not gonna know the difference between them, dude. So like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's well, gonna be we'll interesting. Have, you'll have to read the text boxes for the first time. It'll be a problem. Oh yeah, right. Oh, we'll get the text boxes in a bit, but uh, yeah, I'm looking for it. It's very funny when he, when Dan posted it. People went nuts because it's so stupid. And yeah, I'm happy a, to have it. It is, I think, the perfect encapsulation of just unhinged art for your deck. I think like it. Yes. Like I think unhinged if you were going to get an unhinged player. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Had to be. <laughs> um, I'm going to piggyback off you there with, with two of my other ones that play very much into this. The first one is I also was lucky enough to have one of my decks get the hall of Bayorn alt art treatment. And mine was my last Alliance of Ents and Bayornings deck that I brought to the con last year and, and Dan actually brought to the con last year and played a ton too. He liked it enough that he made an alt art for it. That is all care bears <laughs> related. So all mm -hmm. like the nineties cartoon um, animated show 
for the Care Bears. And so all the bears cards are that, all the trees cards are pictures of like stills of pictures of trees from the show. It is uh very, very, very brightly colored, rainbows and pink and blue and yellow. Very, very different from the art style of the game. So I really love it. Um I'm also getting a copy of that printed out for the con. So this this one it's Grimbayorn Hero, Osbera Hero from Alep, and then Quickbeam Hero uh is my hero lineup and then it's mostly a Grimbayorn deck um, with some extra steps of jank in there to make Grimbayorn fun. <laughs> it's basically basically the gist of it, but it, it plays very similar to any other Ent deck you've played or Bayorning deck you've or Grimbayorn deck you've seen in terms of loading him up for combat and then having the big slow stats on the table is is how it works. But I'm very very excited. I was talking to him actually just the other day. And it's funny because like most players that came into the game later, the Hall of or the Bayorn's Path was like maybe the first thing that I read for this game that wasn't like the Board Game Geek page. Sure. And I remember seeing a lot of his like decks and alt arts and stuff. And I, I very sincerely believe like pretty early on, like I think a bucket list item for me was like Bayorn makes an alt art version of one of my decks. So it's cool. Like I, I still feel a little giddy that <laughs> I got one of those. Um and I'm actually gonna get a physical printed copy of it. It's gonna be very fun to play with. So and bonus, I don't have to share my secret vigils to my Eagles deck. <laughs> and oh yeah. Now like they can all just go over there since I've got the alt art secret yeah. vigil here for Care Bears. Yeah. It does make it difficult. We talked about sideboarding. It does yes. make it difficult to actually want to sideboard into these because I'm gonna I would have to take out like a McDonald's card to put in my power board thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's that's a difficult pill to swallow. So, so I'm just uh, not maybe, gonna do it. I'm just gonna eat the eat the condition attachments, right? I might just I don't have to do that. I thought I thought I should have. I was like, oh, got a special order from McBayorns again, but I was like, I can't ask Dan to make me power board thing too again. I I already put in a special order for some extra turn burglar cards, so I was like, um, I have asked enough of him. And honestly, yeah. it's not that big a deal. Um, agreed so and, and then my other uh my my last kind of deck here before we get into the the main event is <laughs> yeah we're gonna play another four-player burglars turn game here at the con uh unfortunately autumn won't be able to join us this year but we're we're bringing in splice and he's gonna have a burglars turn deck as well <laughs> for those that remember we played helms deep last year which has the, the defense mechanic where like having 16 extra progress on a location needed to clear it is actually really good for the players because the orcs are the ones trying to quest. We're going to try to beat a real quest with four burglars turn decks this year, which means you either need one of two things. You need an insane amount of willpower on the table to be able to quest through those, or you need some serious jank. And I went for option B with my burglars turn deck this year, and mine is a leadership Denethor Haldan and Lanwin deck that is utilizing Heed the Dream to try to f- make sure I can guarantee find myself a copy of without my hat uh, in either my opening hand or first or second round. Why did so, this card not get a McDonald's alt art card? My God, we're so stupid. <laughs> yeah, the, without my hat. Yeah, that that's a good question. <laughs> and it allows you to search your collection for an attachment. So it's like a burglar's turn tech card, basically. And I'm going to go find Woodman's Path, which reduces the quest points on any location that's attached two to one. 
Um, so even if we've got five attachments on it, four from the burglar's turn and it itself, that location will still only have one quest point required. And then I've got second breakfast, Erebor Hammersmith, and other recycling cards to be able to keep pulling that back so that we can hopefully have enough rounds that we can quest successfully through these active locations that we can beat a real quest using four bur burglars turn decks is the is the dream so this is the the jank that will hopefully allow your caldera deck and bob's um timberhill deck uh fire off and actually win the quest for us while i <laughs> kind of jankily work behind the scenes to make sure that we can actually clear locations yeah, because it's it might depend on how many like northern trackers we can get into play, or and slash revanning outriders. Mm -hmm. If we can start nuking a bunch of them in the staging area, could be key to that. So we'll have to see how that goes. That's what yep. we'll have to we'll have to. Uh, that's a one to look forward to on the debrief, I guess, for the listeners, right? Yes. Yeah. This is up. a this is a deck that I'm like last year's burglars turn deck that I built was good enough that I think. I did play it in one other game and like it, it functioned okay. This one I think literally only functions playing with multiple other burglars turn decks. Like it is very specifically built mm -hmm. crafted for a fellowship. So I won't get to really test this one other than just jumping in blind and hoping it works for us. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, because of the problems could be if you don't get without my hat. <laughs> <laughs> We're dead in the water. Yeah, exactly. I've got uh, I've got tough. everything I possibly could have in terms of card draw to find it. So here's hoping. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to need it. So uh, I guess main event. Main event. Yeah, final All day. Right. Okay, each of us. We have talked about this uh, on the other shows already a little bit. Um we have decided to bring tardy takes. I, I should we we'll call them. We're calling them tardy takes decks. They're really yeah. like second feed themed decks. But yeah. uh, here's a little spoiler for the uh, listeners of the behind the scenes stuff. When I made the Acast feed, I wasn't thinking, and I named it slash tardy takes. So everything the URL is tardy takes, no matter what the freaking quest is. Oh, perfect. So <laughs> the great. Thing is, it, so, they're tardy takes decks then. So they're all tardy takes because that, that's the URL we own from through Acast. <laughs> So uh the, that's the brand. Um no matter what. So we have built decks based on cards that we have talked about on the various different shows that we've been on together essentially. Mm -hmm. And not only did we build decks cuz that, that's a fun idea, right? Too. Just like yeah. let's build decks based on cards we talked about. Um no, that's not far enough. Uh, for us, for the depravity that we <laughs> uh, often uh, wallow in on the second feed, we had to create alt art to go with them. Um, but most people like to create alt art that I would generally describe as good. Yeah, um, or cohesive. Or cohesive, or... yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with a theme. To a theme. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I would describe Ours, I guess if our theme is chaos, <laughs> uh, is how I would describe yeah. our cards. They are absolutely insane. Um, should we... Uh, how do we want to do this, Shell, in here? Should we talk about the decks themselves and then talk about the art? Yeah, sure. That sounds good. Okay. Okay. Um, 
So I'm going to bring a... <laughs> God, I'm bringing a Tri-Sphere deck. Yep. Uh, my heroes are going to be uh, Amarthiel, Marty. I'm bringing uh, Grim Bayorn. And I'm bringing... Uh, she woke up just in time to come play in my deck. I'm bringing Adrian. Yo, Adrian. Uh, yep. And then uh, the deck, it's mostly... It's got 24 allies, 14 attachments, 12 events. Uh, yeah, so pretty standard, standard sort of deck build there. Yeah. Uh, mostly, kind of the idea is um, try to get some stuff on Grim Bayorn <laughs> and have new combat. <laughs> yep. The deck's, not, the deck's not, not the greatest here, guys. I'll be honest. Um, well, fortunately, we talked about a decent amount of good cards in the game. So I do have, you know, things like Angbor, Arwen Ally, Fender of Ramas, uh, you know, Gandalf, um, Big Willy, Ally Pippin. These are all really good cards. I have these in the stack, so the deck's, like, in theory, it should be good. You know, I've got, like, uh, Steward of Gondor, Armored Destry, or War Axe. I mean, yeah. Um, the theory of this deck should be all the cards look good when we look at the deck list, we're like yeah it seems good I have no idea I've not played this deck I have no idea if it's going to be good or not <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's kind of a Trisphere good stuff deck um, yeah it, you know it. I think if you were trying to make a Trisphere good stuff deck you'd maybe focus it a little bit more than what we were able to do but yeah yeah there, there's certainly no like trait theme or anything like that holding Correct. it together it's it's just all cards that you're going to be able to afford to play based on the heroes you have and mm -hmm. enough questing and combat to keep you afloat. Sort yeah, of, right? a bit of a yeah, a bit of a generalist type of stuff going on here. And then importantly, um, I mentioned my heroes are a spirit hero, a tactics hero, and a leadership hero that gains a tactics <laughs> icon. Yep. And my deck has one copy of Ally Elrond on it because every deck needs one. <laughs> I have, um, literally, uh, actually, no, I have sneak attack. Um, oh, there you go. So I could sneak attack Elrond into play. Uh, we, 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 we have thought for a while there's no way for me to play this card. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's no way for me to ever play this. But, um, apparently the deck list is sneak attack, which I don't remember making this, uh, card, though. So maybe I don't actually have sneak attack. <laughs> um, I don't do, I do. I forgot. Uh, so... I could put him into play with sneak attack at least, but uh, yeah, I can't actually like play him from hand is the important thing. But he he only enters playability, so um, I guess I can play him. We were kind of mistaken here, but it is funny to put him in there and then have like basically no way to play him though. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. but uh, why don't you tell people about yours here? Okay, sure. So yeah, mine is <laughs> in in terms of composition, relatively similar. Uh, except I went Bond of Friendship with mine uh, because Trisphere wasn't going to be enough for me to be able to include all of the cards that I really wanted to include in the deck um, from a sure. references standpoint. So I, <laughs> I figured understand. I'll just try to do Bond of Friendship so now I can get, you know, 10 cards for every sphere and 10 neutrals and I, I can talk about a lot of different things. So mine is Biffer, uh, Leadership Frodo, Spirit Glorfindel, and Thorin Stonehelm tactics hero there and at least three of those heroes are very good uh thorin i think is underrated uh and then i have bond of friendship which is broken so my deck's actually <laughs> my deck's actually pretty good despite really not having uh, much theme it, it's kind of a quad sphere good stuff deck as well 
when we say good stuff, we're not using all of the best cards because we intentionally didn't talk about a lot of power cards. Uh, that was a problem, yeah. Tardy takes because they're just not that fun to discuss on that show. So it, it's kind of a spiritual successor to my Bond of Friendship mediocre stuff deck, honestly. Like, a lot of the cards are pretty good, but they're not, like, the best cards you could include in a deck. Um, and, you know, by being Quad Sphere, it is pretty toolboxy. I, I did in, was able to include a lot. So I've got 19 allies, 19 events, and 12 attachments. So I, I've got a little bit more um, pivot ability, I think, in terms of being able to do some weirder things that your deck can, just by virtue of being a Bond of Friendship deck, really. Mm-hmm. But it's more or less the same thing. Like, the heroes kind of going to do their thing and then whatever allies i end up with will be on the board hopefully helping i have played with mine a couple times it can beat escape from umbar and treachery of rudar by itself which i think is good enough to be the sort of deck i I think in the deck description on rings db i say i'm not going to win the game for us but i also don't think i'm going to lose it for us and i I feel like that's about the power level of Mm -hmm. this deck like it it should be fine it probably needs to be carried if we're playing (laughs) anything that's even remotely difficult uh but it 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 shouldn't hopefully be a dead weight sort of deck and on the elrond front uh i have the 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 best two card combo in the game which is message from elrond justice shall be done in there obviously but i do also have a good harvest in that deck as well oh uh, yeah (laughs) so that we we talked like i could pass you a good harvest just so you could play elrond at some point um, with you having sneak attack, I don't know if that's as necessary, but I think it'd still be a fun. It's uh, still funny fun if you did it to try to pull off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, there's no guarantee that I'll have uh, sneak attack Elrond anyway. Because my deck, the, the one, the one thing I'm worried about my deck in particular is it doesn't have a lot of card draw in it. Yeah, so you need that um, sneak Gandalf for sure. Yeah, because I, I, I have Bowhammer hidden in cash which like that's not a really good card draw card, but i need it <laughs> that's how bad that's how desperate i am i'm playing hidden cash for one cause draw <laughs> yeah uh and sneak attack gandalf uh and then elrond can get me a one he can can trip my sneak attacks but um yeah it's not that's a little oh i have long like fisherman actually um he's sort of so card draw i've got glaia wine that i could potentially use on you if i'm not digging for justice shall be done uh yeah it's true oh yeah no i got spare pipe doesn't this card do something it lets you look for the top five cards for an event. So yeah, event. Yeah, I'm gonna win pseudo that. card draw. Yeah, because I don't put enough events in there. <laughs> Sick, but uh, I could hit that potentially. So, um, yeah, but yeah, that's my concern about my deck because I don't have a lot of good card draws. My number, I think, my big weakness. Um, but we'll see how it goes. It's a, it's, it's a. These are for fun. Um, we're gonna play something easy. Um, because these are just mostly for jokes. Maybe what we we might play if we get a big listener. For someone who wants to see him in action, we'll play him too. Um, yeah, that's going to be the real issue, is that I think if I brought the Tardy Takes deck alone to a quest, uh, it'd be easy to to say that my deck's going to do fine. I think if we both bring them together, they're both probably below the power <laughs> level that you need. So like, you really need help from the other people at the table if they're both out there at the same time. Which, uh, which I think is funny. Like they, they don't necessarily have anti-synergy, <laughs> but they're both an ankle weight around the rest of the table that gets yeah. more heavy when there's two of them. <laughs> yeah, can we pick somebody like mid-cards or bad cards that it's like, um, oof, boy, like, yeah. Um, we just don't have enough really good cards is the problem, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's going to be kind of tough. 
so yeah, we'll report back on how the decks function. We'll we'll see how it works together. I think this could be one where we have to play like we might have to go get Bob and play the oath or something. <laughs> yeah, probably. But you know what? Be- who cares? Because it's the art, right? That's why we did this. Um, yes. Let's get to this. Yeah, my we we both had similar ideas because we you know collaborated on this where all of the art that we used for the deck are actually like call outs to the episodes that we had about the cards mm-hmm. um so for example just a couple like easy ones that maybe you might remember if you're a longtime listener of our show like willie Dore. it was a recent episode i've i found a picture of an eagle that has a cast on its wing and i put a gofundme logo on it to <laughs> Yeah. Throw back to your argument for ah, one of my best there. ever. Yep. Or I've got <laughs> Ranger Spikes and the M and Arn and Ranger in my deck. So I, I've got a card that has the green power ranger on it, and then one that has him playing his stupid dagger flute thing. Um <laughs> so so things like that, you know, there is zero cohesion in the art. So many of mine have just terrible MS paint Photoshop on them <laughs> um to <laughs> to get the what I needed. Uh some are low resolution. Like I think I have one that's from like a, a screenshot from the office that looks like somebody took like a Polaroid to their curved ah. screen TV quality. <laughs> like I mean, the, the art quality is not good, but it makes me laugh every single time I see these cards. And like you've been posting images of yours, and I've been posting images of mine in Discord, and and they make me laugh a hundred percent of the time. So uh, I'm very excited to show off the 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 dumb art that we found for these. Yes. Any other ones you want to call out uh, from yours? That uh, not any of the ones that pair with mine. So like, sure, because uh, a couple that we have that kind of pair together. So we should we should talk about those. Uh, when I talk about let mine. me see. Let me, I'm just looking at my deck list really quick here. I love the free peoples, which I included in my deck. I have a deck oh, yeah. of count, counted traits, so I don't even really know how oh. feasible it is for me to play it. But uh, you might have to pass that to me. <laughs> I, I have. A, a bear astronaut with some bacon on his backpack MS painted in to to shout out to Mr. Space Bear and Salted Pork for their incredible, incredible play uh, during the Nine or Abroad last year at Con of the Rings using that card. Um, so I think that's a pretty good one that I like quite a bit. Grappling Hook, I did the cube oh, law from James Bond, James Agent Bond, Under yeah. Fire, the screenshot from the game. Uh, and then let's see, flight to the sea. I think is pretty good because the wind from the sea card. I got a cartoon of the banana boat crew from the NBA, who yeah. you correctly pointed out weren't the actual people that were on the banana boat, since uh, one of them was taking the picture. There it was actually right. really union on the boat, but yes. either way. And then I gave it the two sailing success symbols that it deserves uh. to have, even though we're not <laughs> playing any quests with sailing, sailing. Con, so it doesn't matter at all. Doesn't yeah, whatever. Like I mean, but you know, I've got thirty six unique cards in my deck. That all have unique art on them, crazy like this. So th- those are the, the top couple ones. But if you're a long time Tardy Takes listener and want to come thumb through it, I bet you'll see some dumb fun things. Yeah, we'll we'll get these uh, we'll get these a special showcase on the on the vlog because these are so stupid. And I also, you know, I might might as well shout it out here. Uh, I don't know if you put in the same print order with John, but I just had John print out three of every card. That's what I'm gonna do. My bond of friendship deck and bond of friendship specifically says you can't have more than two copies of a card in your deck so i'll have at least one copy of every single card that i'm not using that i'm that i'm just going to give away to people that i'm playing with if they want it so like if you want your own ally elrond that has john's electron john's face 
MS painted onto it, like, come talk to me. It can be yours. So you too can have one copy in your deck. Uh, and, and things like that is what I'm going to do with all those extra copies. Uh, my deck might suck, so I think I might need all these cards to make some changes. <laughs> so I don't know if I can give it away. My deck is not... Uh, I'll test it. It might totally suck. <laughs> yep. Um, so I don't know about that from me, listeners. Uh, so my deck is funny for two ways. Um, first is, of course, I did the same thing as you with the funny art in reference yep. to things. Um, second, though, was I made an offhand uh, pass by, like, comment to you, and I was like, oh, yeah, it would be really funny if the, the true thing I would do is, like, do what I do on the show, which is, which I've done a couple times already, which is basically like, describe things at you about a card, <laughs> and, like, uh, in, like, a sentence and be like, oh, it's like, it does these kind of things, right? <laughs> and so that's what I did for the text for my cards, too. <laughs> they are not the actual um, word-for-word ability that you would copy and paste over. They are all from the dome, <laughs> all from my memory, and all of the way that I would describe uh, cards. Uh, for example, let's look at Injustice for All. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, play and YOLO. You get to do a bunch of stuff like draw three cards to get extra resources, but you get yeeted at the end of the round. <laughs> like, um, I don't we're remember what that card ex- exactly does, but I know it does that stuff, and then you lose. <laughs> or you yeah, go we're away, definitely so. playing this uh, rules as intended, not necessarily rules as written for your deck, right? <laughs> right, yeah. I yeah, I, I will even have to have RingsDB around to tell me what the card actually does for some of these, because I've missed some things on them, or I've gotten them slightly wrong. Because I believe, um, for example, A-Rod. Uh, oh yeah, because I didn't know. Because it says, goes on Legolas, or maybe a tactics hero or a character or something. <laughs> Exhausting <laughs> enemy to place a progress on a location. <laughs> so, I, I didn't quite remember how that card worked, because I haven't played it much. So, uh, I know it can go on Legolas, because uh, I know you can play in the ally. Um, but I don't know what else it goes on. So, uh, not quite sure. Um... So yeah, so a lot of mine are really funny. Um, uh, Big Willie is a good one. Um, let me get it here. Oh, I forgot. Uh, also, my cards don't all have the exact names. For example, Willie Door is named Big Willie. Sure, <laughs> so, as he should be. Yeah. He just says ranged and sentinel. Shelton will ask you to pay the mandatory one resource <laughs> upkeep. <laughs> yes, I will. Yes, so, I will. Uh, <laughs> That's not quite what his ability is, but, you know, uh, that's funny. So Good enough. Uh, that's what I did for a lot of them. Yeah, for my art, uh, I, of course, did for, like, uh, Adrian. is Adrian from Rocky. Um, I'll do some of my solo ones, and then we'll do some of our, our funny paired ones that we can talk about here. Uh, I've got, yeah, for Willie Adore, I've got, uh, for Big Willie, this funny video on the internet uh, from a bunch of years ago where these Eagles fans are all drunk on the subway and one guy is on the still on the stand and they're all like excited. He, he starts running along with the train. He runs into a pole <laughs> uh, and falls down. Uh, it's a very funny video. Uh, so that's my guys from there. I've got like for armor Destrier, I have the elder scrolls infamous horse armor. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, Escort from Adoras. Oh, that's actually, I put that in there, but we've never actually talked about it on the show, like the actual thing. It's inspired by Stephen A., so it's got Stephen A. Smith. Yep. Um, Exile, I have Taylor Swift from uh, the recent Eras tour. Uh, let's see, what else is good here? Um, 
Uh, oh, yeah, I called Hour of Wrath. I called that Hour of Wick. It's got John Wick on it. Um, I have a lot. You, you mentioned quality, because I've made a lot of, like, uh, old references to songs. I have some, like, quality's terrible, because I took them with a potato back in the 80s and yeah, stuff like that. for sure. So, like, I have, like, uh, Keep Watch. I did the uh, Rockwell song, and it, the image quality is bad, but it's from the music video, so I don't care. <laughs> it's like, you gotta do it. Um, Khalil... Uh, or Kaliel is Khalil Mack, uh, as that joke goes on the show. I have like a leather boots Quentin Tarantino reference. Um, see, oh yeah, my uh, my Gandalf is uh, Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. Um, or no, sorry, Ice T. Sorry, my bad. Um, uh, and then I have a bunch of sports ones, so like. Pippin is Pippin, Scotty Pippin, um, and stuff like that too. Uh, was Song of Mocking is that funny meme meme of Luca mocking uh, Devin Booker? That was a good one. I also did some funny like reverse ones where I got the cards and the art wrong. So for spare uh, spare pipe, I have the art for Hobbit pipe because I didn't know the difference between the two cards. Um, right. Yeah. I've got <laughs> Anborn and Angbor the Fearless, each with each other's art on them yep. <laughs> in the deck, yep. too. Uh, Chedward is my Steward of Gondor. Uh, some stuff like that. So we also paired a few funny ones. Um, see, uh, my favorite, I think, is Errand Rider. So I did Cash App, and you have Venmo. Yep. Uh, so you can't send each other money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> just really. Just, I don't know how I came up with that one. That was a that was a good one. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, defender of Ramas. We picked uh, guys who are really good at defense, but don't play very often for NBA players. So I have uh, Anthony Davis in a hoodie, and you have um, Ben Simmons mirrored, mirrored. So it looks like he's shooting with his right hand. It's yeah. right-handed. It's my uh, NBA conspiracy theory. Yeah. I, we'll never know because he might never play again so you'll be able to have that conspiracy forever right uh, yes and i'll always be right yep our a-rod ones we both have different pictures of alex rodriguez uh i have a-rod and j-lo <laughs> yep and i have young a-rod in his mariners jersey mariners yep of course um we both have the up? same album cover for and justice shall be done or and justice for all <laughs> right yeah I mean, it is the album cover so i was like i guess i just gotta do this right <laughs> so yeah there's there's just so much ridiculousness in there that um yes oh wizards voice that was a one where we did pair we paired yeah um so i have gilbert arenas yeah, javaris crittenden um sylvan refugee we both have tom petty for that one as well different pictures of tom petty so, yeah, the the stuff is pretty crazy and ridiculous. Uh, yeah, and I actually did pull quotes from our shows for oh, yes. flavor text on the cards, too. So so I replaced all of the good Lord of the Rings flavor text on the cards <laughs> with uh, with us. Uh, so so I'm not besmirching the good name of J.R. Tolkien by putting him on a card with <laughs> Tom Petty or <laughs> James. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh but yeah that it, they should be a lot of fun i'm i i think the number one thing i'm looking forward to the con is getting this stupid deck 
Oh, uh, yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. I know. Some some of mine are really funny, too, because, like, with the, yeah, flavor text. Some I uh, made up on the fly. Some I pulled from episodes. Some I pulled from, like, um, quotes of the people on it uh, and stuff like that, too. So I have, like, all sorts of weird things going on from my flavor text. Um, what was, oh, the Seagal round one is one of the best ones. <laughs> it just says, uh, every single deck needs one. No exception. <laughs> Uh, that's how I heard it on the episode. That's uh, that's how I recall everything. Um, so yeah, I'm just uh, really looking forward to getting the deck in. Um, yeah, just having it. It's so stupid. So I think people, when they see him, from what we've shown people too, people are losing it about how ridiculous the art is. So um, I can't wait for it to be out in the wild. I can't wait to, to play it. It'd be so. Well, Agreed. Yeah. So yeah, come come find us if you want to play with these silly decks. If you if you think you have a deck that is good enough to carry these two decks to victory, prove it. Come find us. Well, McDog probably right. can. He's done it for well, me multiple he, times. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we don't need a savant out there doing it. If you're if right. you're a normal human being that plays this card game, I think you can do it. <laughs> well, give us a shot. I'll give you a copy of Ally Elrond if you successfully <laughs> win. Yeah, so uh yeah if people want to yeah if people want to play with us definitely you know you can come and request that we play a a tardy takes deck game with you but you better bring a good deck (laughs) Um, because ours might not be so much they might not Uh, anything else we want to go over here i think that's pretty much everything yeah i think that's it yeah i'm very excited for the con it's always one of my favorite weekends of the year for sure so really looking forward to just whatever shenanigans happen and all of the, the fun Lord of the Rings and in other games that we'll try to get in over that weekend. And cannot wait to get my Care Bear deck and the Tardy Takes deck. Yep. Can't wait for Chad to get the henna tattoo. Pretty excited yes, for that. That'll be great. Um Yeah, I'm also looking forward to it. it. Should be fun. And then um Well well at minimum we're gonna play t- I guess three games together, right? Because we're gonna play one where we have to play Tardy Takes together, for sure. Mm-hmm. At least one. And then... Uh, I think we might try... Well, we're going to play two of both those epic multiplayer ones. We're probably going to lose on one of them within, like, three yeah, rounds. the Burglars games, yep. Yeah, and then we'll play one for real and try to win, so we'll cut that as two, I guess. <laughs> so, at least we'll have played, like, three together. It's really going to be, like, two, but... Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's more just the way the weekend always goes, though. Yeah, because with the with having cardboard of the rings responsibilities too, like there's weird times where it's just like we as a group just gotta show up together or and stuff. It's like I guess everyone's playing. I guess we're playing with cardboard of the rings people, because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we'll have to do tasks and other stuff. So uh, yeah, looking forward to the weekend. Should be fun, and we will return with the like wrap up one that we did like last year. I think we'll probably do that again. Um, that was fun. Agreed. And yeah, I'll try to vlog. No clue uh, on how long it's going to take me to get out. It's going to depend on how much I can film. I have, importantly, a new phone this year with space on it. So oh, I well, don't have. I don't have to do this. I won't have to have. I will bring my uh, old phone too, so I have like both of those. But it will be less of an issue for me this year. So that should be helpful. But. Um, yeah, that's some more stuff to look forward to. And 
Oh, and like yeah. last year, I'll throw up um, my new deck lists on Rings DB once this episode gets published with the uh, Road to Rings name in the title. So if you're if you if you're interested in seeing the deck list, you can search Road to Rings on Rings DB, and you'll find all of your decks from last year, my decks mm-hmm. from last year, and then the new ones for this year as well. Yeah, I guess I have to post the Tardy Takes one because my other two are the same, so I'm not going to repost them. They're deck- right. Yeah, I'm not reposting. Um... The, the old ones right because mine are are exactly the same i have made no changes to them at all so um yeah the tardy takes one i'll make the i'll have to go and i'll have to edit it based on what these cards i've made too so um because i made some sideboard fun for funsies cards that i can't play i made a whole bunch of lore cards that i can't play <laughs> so whatever uh yeah we'll post them up again so people can see them uh, unfortunately, with the Tardy Takes one, you won't see the point of it, which is the freaking art and the text. But so yeah, maybe it. I'll maybe I'll make like an imager post of all of my alt arts or something like that, and link it in the deck description so you can see them. Is what oh, I was thinking of doing. Idea. That is a good idea. Well, let's do something like that. Yeah. So, um, I think we are done here. I think we've covered everything. Uh, was that, is that right? We didn't forget anything. Nope. I think we went through the whole document there. So. Yeah, I can't wait to see everybody at the con. Yes, I uh, hope people have a good time. Um, quickly, as a reminder, we didn't say it up front, but if you are a new player, I, I, why am I doing this at the end? Because you now listen for two hours. <laughs> so uh, They're gone. I was gonna say, They're gone. Uh, yeah, you're gone. <laughs> and uh, if you made it to the end here, you kind of got a certain vibe. I was going to say, you know, feel relaxed at the con. Um it's a very friendly environment. This is why this should have been up front, because I should have told people this up front <laughs> and done all the, like, the, oh, it's such a great place to be. It's a very fun time. So don't feel, like, stressed out and stuff like that. Um, but if you've made it to the end here and you've heard me discuss this now, um, that's weird. But also what I just said is true. So Yes, indeed. Uh, looking forward to seeing everybody. Looking forward to seeing uh, you. And I'm looking forward to not waking up early to see an F1 race get rained out because there is no F1 race. <laughs> nope, but off week. Ah, uh, thank God, right? Yes.